uh, Congresswoman Pat Kamek here, and I just left the floor of the House of Representatives, and I am walking back to the office, and I wanted to give you guys an update about what just happened. The Democrats just voted to take over our elections and <laughs> to basically ensure that they have control of our elections forevermore. So I'm going to give you a quick rundown on what happened, what is in this bill, the so-called voting rights bill, and what comes next, because that's really important, but then what you can do about it. This is really important. So just bear with me. I'm going to run through this. Uh, first and foremost, share this video because we have got to get the word out to everybody. That is important. We've got to share what happened because the media is not going to cover this. So today, the House of Representatives, just now, I was on there and I was casting a hell no, ba a hell no ballot, voted to federalize our elections. You're probably wondering, what does that mean? They took two bills, two dangerous bills, HR 1, before the Politicians Act, and HR 4, and created a love child. They took an old NASA bill and gutted it, and then tucked all of this egregious language into the NASA bill. So it was like NASA Infrastructure Act or something. It has nothing to do with NASA. We are not giving voting rights to Martians today. Even though what we voted on was a NASA bill, it was actually a federal takeover of elections. That right there ought to tell you if they cannot even name the bill, they have to gut another bill and then tuck their egregious, horrific language into it. That tells you that they're trying to hide something. Let me tell you what was in this bill. So I'm sorry, I'm sitting out, I'm out here on the sidewalk, so it's a little bit loud. But like I said, I wanted to tell you guys what happened immediately because um, we knew this was coming and we knew that it was gonna pass the house. So really, really important that you guys know what's in the bill and then the next step. So within this bill, and there's a ton, but the things that you need to know that are the most egregious are that it is 100% a mechanism to strip states' rights to enforce voter ID laws. So that means you would not be required to show a, a photo ID to register to vote or to actually vote. No more ID. You have to have an ID to get on an airplane. You got to have an ID to drive a car. You have to have an ID to buy alcohol. You got to have an ID to buy cigarettes, but you no longer need a photo ID to vote in an election. Think about that. So that is in this bill and that is what just passed the house. Also in this bill is ballot harvesting. Third party groups that are paid for by political entities and political parties now can collect ballots and then turn them in. Now we all know that ballot harvesting, uh, harvesting is a breeding ground for fraud. And this bill actually makes it so that states cannot ban ballot harvesting. Huge problem. The other thing, it allows non-citizens to vote. This bill allows non-citizens to vote. Think about what's happening. Think about the travesty that is happening at our Southwest border. 1.7 million just last year. 
and it's getting worse. I talked to Border Patrol agents just yesterday. It is getting worse. Non-citizens under this bill can vote. The other thing that I think is the most egregious, the most egregious, and this is why I need you guys to help me spread the word about this. And I'm going to use AOC as an example. This is public financing of campaigns. And you're probably like, what does that mean? I don't, why is that a problem? Let me tell you why that's a problem. Because the way this bill is written, you now, and you being the taxpayer, me being a taxpayer, we are on the hook for a six to one match. And I'm sorry, there's a fire engine coming. So hold on one second. We are now on the hook for a six to one match for donations to politicians that are $200 or less. And you're probably like, well, why does that matter, Kat? Let me put this in perspective. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York, the original squad member, the one who's pushing the democratic socialist agenda. She raised last election $21 million. $21 million is what she raised. Almost $19 million of that was from donations of $200 or less. Let me repeat that. AOC raised roughly $19 million. It was about $18,893,102. I'm doing this off the top of my head. So I'm standing out here on, on the sidewalk talking to you. Um, almost $19 million in a single election, she raised from donors that was $200 or less. So that's a lot of people, right? What does that mean for us now under this bill? Which again, there's still a process. So just because it passed the House doesn't mean that it has gone to the Senate and it's already law. So just hold on. The thing that you need to know is when you have a politician like AOC who raises approximately $19 million in what is called small dollar donations, that puts us in a six to one match, which means you and me, we don't agree with her, we don't like her, but now we're on the hook to finance her campaign to the tune of $113 million. $113 million. If you have $113 million in your reelection campaign, you're gonna be in Congress forever. You hear the Democrats talk about how they want to get money out of politics. This puts way more money into politics. This is why they are the party of do as I say, not do as I do, because their actions are 180 degrees opposite of what they are saying. They are not for the people. They are for themselves. They are for the D.C. bureaucrats and the politicians, and we know it. This bill is not just about our elections. It is about ensuring that their liberal progressive agenda is about dependency and control. When you think about it, they have this social justice warrior mindset that is all about putting programs in place that aren't hand ups, right? They're handouts, but these handouts just aren't welfare, right? These are traps. They are designed to trap people into poverty. They are designed to keep people suppressed. And when you look at this whole big thing that's going on, everything from their election takeover bills to the Build Back Broke plan, all of it, this is all about an agenda that is dependency and control. They make people dependent on government so they can control elections forevermore. And this bill is just one more step that they are taking. So you're wondering, this bill just passed the House. What the heck? 
What the heck happens next? Is it law? No, it is not law. Just because this bill has now passed the House does not mean that it is law. It now goes to the Senate. The Senate has got big problems. So you have probably been hearing in the news about Chuck Schumer and what is going on with Chuck Schumer. So Chuck Schumer has to blow up the filibuster in order to pass this bill. Keep in mind, the, the filibuster is what protects the rights of the minority. Right now, the minority are the Republicans. The Democrats, when they were in the minority, used the filibuster just as recently as 2020, 323 times. Now they hate the filibuster. Isn't that funny? It's funny. When, when the shoe's on the other foot, they kick and scream. Oh, my gosh. It's the worst thing in the world, even though they are the most egregious users of it. So now that it has gone to the Senate, you're like, okay, the bill goes to the Senate. What happens? Chuck Schumer's got problems. In order to pass this, he's got to blow up the filibuster. Does he have the votes? No. He does not have the votes in the Senate. And it is now our job to make sure he never gets the votes. So you're asking me, what can we do? Is all lost? No, all is not lost. Are we pissed off? Yes, but all is not lost. What this means now is that we have to get on the phones. We need to go to Senate.gov, look up your senators. These are your senators in Washington. We're not talking about our state capitals, not your state senators. Do not call your congressmen or women call your state senators. It doesn't matter if you're in Montana or Florida or in New York or in Texas. Every state has two senators. So that means you have two phone calls to make. You get to call your senators and you get to tell them that one, you want the filibuster to stay in place. Two, you want them to vote no on the so-called Voting Rights Act. It's not a Voting Rights Act. It's a voting that's what this bill is. So that is the marching orders here. Call your senators and tell them in their Washington, D.C. offices that you do not want them to support the so-called Voting Rights Act. When you call them, you give them your name, you give them your phone number, you tell them you're a resident of the state, whatever state you're in. You tell them you want a response because it's very important to tell your representatives that you want a response. If you don't tell them explicitly, I want a response, they're never gonna respond to you. So give them a way to communicate back to you, be it a phone number, be it an email, an address for snail mail, doesn't matter. But the important thing is, is that you go to senate.gov, you look up who your senators are, you call their Washington DC offices and you tell them absolutely hell no, we do not want this bill. We want our constitutional, constitutional elections as our founding fathers envisioned them with the states determining the time and manner and place in which they're conducted. That is what we have to do. So that is what is up right now, guys. That is what is happening in Washington. This literally just happened. You're probably going to see a ton of stuff in the news about inflation and everything that's going on. But the important thing that is happening here is an attempt to take over our elections, which if we do that, we will never win another election. So it's important that we get involved, we get engaged. We cannot lose hope. We can never lose hope. That is very, very important. We have got to stay engaged. So, so-called voting rights bill, everybody knows what it is. It's a NASA bill. You could say NASA bill and they're gonna be like, oh yeah, that's the voting rights bill because somehow they can't pass it under the name voting rights because we all know what they're trying to do. So they take and they got a NASA bill and they use that as the shell. Remember guys, what this bill does, it publicly finances campaigns. It allows uh, non-citizens to vote. 
it encourages ballot harvesting, it strips voter ID requirements, all the things that are basic common sense American. This isn't even a Republican versus Democrat thing. This is an American thing. Every single person, regardless of your party affiliation, should want integrity in our elections. And that is why it's important that we get involved. Share this video, guys. Let's educate our friends, our neighbors, our families, our coworkers. Educate everybody on what is going on, what's in this bill, and how they can help. That is my ask of you today. It's Thursday, um, 13th. We have got a couple of days to get this done. Start calling today. Senate will be in through the weekend. Call them tomorrow. Call them through the weekend. They're trying to get this done in time for MLK Day next week. Let's make sure that we honor the memory of Martin Luther King by protecting the system that guarantees equal opportunity for every single American, not equal outcome. This bill does anything but that. Let's make sure that we preserve our elections. Thank you guys so much. Share the video. I'll be keeping you updated. Take care. God bless. Good evening, ladies and oh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are you guys doing tonight? I hope all is well. Uh, almost got caught there on a muted mic, but we got it recovered just in time. You should see me scrambling behind the scenes to get everything done as quick as possible. I hope everyone's doing great tonight, um, and uh, you guys are finding your Tuesday evening going great as the rest of your day and hopefully the rest of your week. I had to, had to, had to absolutely start with that uh, video once again, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and uh, that is, uh, it, we are in a full-scale emergency alert right now. And again, that was uh, Representative uh, Kat Kamak of Florida, uh, who was informing and warning uh, the people of America and doing a dang good job for her constituents down in Florida about uh, some of the uh, shenanigans that the Democrats are up to with this uh, this brand new but not uh, voting bill that they're trying to force through in order to get their communist uh, Marxist uh, election stealing laws legalized in this country. It is insane, guys. It is absolutely insane. Now, as you might have heard her say in that video, guys, uh, they were trying to get this passed by yesterday, Martin Luther King Day, while everyone was out celebrating George Floyd. Uh, so that this way, I guess, uh, you know, it, it would just get covered in the uh, shadow of, uh, of, uh, of what would otherwise be um, a, a memorial day for uh, um, uh, Mr. The King Jr., so uh, they haven't passed it yet, guys. It has not been passed. And uh, man, let me tell you what. Um, you can still contact your senator, ladies and gentlemen, senators, I apologize, for your state and let them know uh, that we uh, do not agree with ending the filibuster and we do not agree with them signing on to passing uh, this NASA bill, which is basically what it was under disguise for now. As I expressed uh, last night when we were going over this at the bottom of the show, 
Uh, I mean, uh, we've seen uh, we've seen um, uh, we've seen the the Democrats, the progressives, the uh, the kith and kin of the globalists. We have seen them absolutely uh, use those uh, those funnily, trickily uh, worded bills. Uh, you know, um, that uh, tend to be the exact opposite of what they mean, right? Uh, like, for example, H.R. 1 was the For the People Act, and, oh, it sounds so nice and Orwellian, you would never guess that what they were actually doing was stripping the people's ability to vote uh, in a fair, safe, and secure election um, away from them, and thereby removing the people's freedom forever because as i've said several times our vote is representative of our freedom not just our voice or our choice right uh but uh, that was definitely not what we've seen this time i mean as unforgivable as it is that uh we've had instances where our lawmakers do not even read a bill before uh they sign the bill this one was outright total deception, total deception. And uh, it's just, it's striking me guys, because uh, we're seeing that uh, it's blatant, um, it's in your face. Um, and it is just, again, uh, uh, such a cartoonish instance um, where they, uh, they give us a great example of all of that, uh, um, like, evilness, deception, you know, lying that we always uh, talk about our elected representatives, though they represent us not, uh, being involved in, you know? Uh, I mean, an Orwellian title to a bill is one thing, but um, when you outright lie about what even the topic of the bill is about, Ladies and gentlemen, that is an entirely different thing. Uh, that beast is, uh, whew, that is a different beast altogether. And under the guise of H.R. Uh, 5746, which was a NASA bill, uh, basically having to do, I think, with uh, budgeting and money allocation, uh, they went ahead and put the text of H.R. 1 and H.R. 4, uh, two of the most um, uh, draconian, election law. And I say draconian because uh, it, it, the provisions of both of those bills make it so that uh, whomever is sitting on the throne can uh, direct, uh, direct elections the way they see fit. And of course, uh, I guess in the uh, advent that they want to continue to allow the people to believe that they have uh, true, fair and free elections, uh, it gives them all the tools in order to ensure that they can continue to cheat on these elections. Uh, it is insane, ladies and gentlemen. And so, uh, again, you know, as they did not make it to, uh, you know, George Floyd, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they change it to, right? One of these days, if they have their way. Uh, Memorial of George Floyd Day. Um, the bill is still in the Senate, ladies and gentlemen. The bill is still in the Senate as we speak so you can absolutely still contact your senators. Don't forget, I got the Capitol switchboard number right above my head here. Um, and, you know, 202-224-3121. Uh, uh, just follow, uh, follow uh, uh, Representative Kamak's uh, suggestions there um, and uh, let them know you do not support it as well as ending the filibuster. And uh, of course, don't forget to ask them to respond so that this way you can absolutely hold them accountable and not let them off the hook for that. 
So uh, a little food for thought there, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk a little bit more about it in just a minute. But I absolutely wanted to uh, share that with the audience again because that is of the utmost importance, guys. We cannot have a country if we do not have the ability to vote in a fair, free, and secure manner. We cannot have uh, any other types of rights uh, that are God-given and uh, that we are uh, born with, uh, so to speak, uh, if we do not have that sacred ability uh, that is really the envy of the world. You want to talk about a commodity, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that uh, people around the world are denied of. Well, we have it here in America, at least still on paper, uh, but H.R. 1 and H.R. 4, now the uh, infamous H.R. 5746, is uh, definitely uh, one of those documents that uh, the Dems, the progressives, the globalist elite, uh, you know, pu puppets here, are trying to use to take away that paper that keeps us, that parchment that keeps us safe and secure from the overreach of global tyranny because it gives us the ability to fight back, guys. So, uh, well, there you have it. That's the way we're starting off the show today. And uh, I hope you all are doing great again on this Tuesday evening, January the 18th. Welcome to another edition of the C Report, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Mr. C, as always. And uh, we're ready for a pretty good show tonight, guys. We've got a few stories to share with you. Uh, that I think uh, I think will be worth your time and worth your fancy. Uh, you know how we do it here at the Sea Report. But uh, uh, real quick, we are uh, streaming live on multiple platforms. If you are joining us over at uh, Twitch or Clout Hub, good evening, and it's great to have you along with us tonight live. And of course, if you are over at uh, Pill.net or the Foxhole.app, good evening to you as well, folks. It is always great to see you all. We already uh, had some. Uh, some little back and forths going on in there. We had a uh, Railanon stopping in. Good evening, Railanon, and uh, thank you for the 117 gold pills, uh, as well as 123SKG in the house. Good evening. Good to see you again, ma'am. And uh, who else we got in here today? I see uh, Sergeant Sparky. What's up, sir? Ah, you were 17 minutes late. What were you doing for 17 minutes? So you were probably having a secret communique with uh, the higher-ups right now. We're talking about, uh, who are you talking to, Q? <laughs> Good to see you, Sergeant Sparky. Thanks for joining us tonight on the show. And uh, let's see, Classical Chick, how are you doing tonight? Classical Chick says, called my senators on this one. It's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, it is so appalling how blatant this is. And to be frank, my biggest concern, guys, my biggest concern is that... Representative Kamak is the only one that I have found who said anything about this, guys. I have not heard a single other representative talk about HR 5746. Nobody has mentioned this. Not one of my other representatives. Well, actually, my representatives wouldn't. They're Democrats, okay? They're quite happy with it. They're probably, uh, you know, uh, off in the corner grinning at uh, what they might have assumed was going to be a sure victory for them. Now, we're seeing that, yeah, it's not going to be that. Um, because even though, uh, even though, uh, they, they hid it under the guise of an ASA bill, uh, and it passed the house, uh, they're expecting it to get gutted in the Senate. 
you know, and uh, that is reassuring, but uh, that doesn't mean that we should not uh, reassure our senator senators where we stand on the issue. Um, it is it is disgustingly blatant and abusive. Uh, and my only prayer, hope, wish, dream, fantasy is that um, this action that the Dems have done, wherein they don't use some fancy schmancy Orwellian uh, feel-good title on a bill, wherein they don't just not read the bill before they sign it, but they actually literally lie about it by uh, this subterfuge of some bill that has to do with outer space, that the people will see exactly how corrupt and dishonest they are. And it is also my hope, my dream, my wish, my fantasy, uh, that regardless of party line, regardless of uh, political affiliation, that everyone will be taken aback by what has occurred in this instance. Uh, because just like, um, you know, election integrity uh, is a nonpartisan issue, uh, just like freedom of speech is a nonpartisan issue, um, you know, um, catching any political party or, uh, you know, political representative on a lie this blatant uh, should immediately disqualify them, in my opinion, if not cast a huge shadow of doubt uh, that would require some type of accountability, because that is a blatant lie. It is disrespectful to the people of this country, and particularly those who are paying attention and watching what's going on. And I want to know, why have we not heard anything from any other representative except for Representative Kamak of Florida? God bless her for letting us know. Uh, God bless her for sounding the alarm, because no one else has said anything. Not one, uh, not one freedom fighter, not one uh, conservative, not one Republican, uh, not one uh, anything. And nobody, nobody else has said anything, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, as we bounce back to that topic, um, I think you'll see even in the newspapers, even in the headlines, even from our news venues, they're not talking about how the Democrats hid their election takeover laws into a NASA bill. They're just talking about the brand new Democrat election law um, that they're trying to pass and uh, why they don't think that they're going to make it and how a illegitimate joke uh, you know, Pedo Joe has uh, has already uh, given up on his uh, first year of promises, which included, uh, you know, election uh, anti-suppression laws. Um, I don't know. Maybe you guys have heard some other people talking about this uh, from our elected body. Maybe you've seen some other articles. I found one article, ladies and gentlemen, one article that gives us the skinny on what is going on here. And it is from a non, well, it would seemingly be a non-political source. It's called Space Ref. I'm guessing that's like referee. Spaceref.com. It's like a science blog, ladies and gentlemen. That's the only place that I could find any type of reference to this bill and what the Democrats did in order to uh, get try to try to attempt to get these election laws 
past. And uh, it's a it's a huge it's a huge telltale, ladies and gentlemen, um, about uh, uh, the significance of of uh, of this bill that they they are trying to pass. Now we all know HR one from the jump, ladies and gentlemen, uh, basically legalizes all the ways that the Democrats cheated during the 2020 election. Uh, that is what that bill did. Um, so long as they tried to pass it, you know, it, it approved drop boxes. It, uh, it abstained the use of uh, a voter ID. Um, you know, it, it legalized illegal immigrants to come and vote in our elections. It just, it made, ev- it gave everyone the absentee ballots forever. I mean, everything that they used to steal the elections, perhaps so they could retroactively say, oh, well, look, you know, we did employ these methods during the 2020 uh, general election and uh, and also so the, the uh, runoffs after that, and actually the primaries in 2021 as well, you know, but um, uh, since it's law now, it's okay. So you can get off our back, conservatives and, uh, you know, uh, forever Trumpers, and uh, you, can, you can stop doing your audits and, and you can stop bothering Dominion and you can stop bothering, uh, you know, uh, Wisconsin and Michigan and Arizona and Georgia, Pennsylvania, Nevada and Minnesota. Uh, you know, you can, you can just knock it off, guys, because now it's law. Retroactively, we're okay. Um, and it was the first thing that the Dems tried to do, you know, and then H.R. 4 turns over the elections to the hands of the federal government. You know, and oh, yeah, we really want our uh, elections to be controlled by the federal government. And uh, you probably would not be surprised how many Democrats, progressives, communist sympathizers agree that our elections would be more secure and accurate if the federal government controlled it? Really? No, thank you, ma'am. I will, uh, I will hug my 10th Amendment tight tonight knowing that the states still have the plenary powers to do something about it. Uh, we just got to get our stateside reps and uh, senators to, uh, to go along with it. And indeed they would, and indeed they should. We stand a better chance with them than we do with the federal government representatives, guys. Um, and uh, we just got to be on it and, uh, and, and let them know. But uh, in, in the case of this bill, again, that's H.R., um, HR 5746, uh, we still need to contact our, uh, our um, Washington senators, that's the two of them, not our state senators, and let them know where we stand on this issue. Number is right above my head on the screen, and if you're on the podcast, that is 202-224-3121. Last time I checked, that number still works, so you absolutely would want to go ahead and give them a piece of your mind. Let them know, hey, the filibuster is there for a reason. You know, I don't think Ben Franklin is uh, turning over in his grave just because the uh, Republicans want to preserve uh, the ability to, uh, to, to, to use that function of government. You know, that which, uh, you know, uh, aids the minority when we're talking about these, uh, these crazy overreaching laws that sometimes uh, people have an idea is a good idea, you know. Uh, so the filibuster, it's got to stay. I mean, it's a pain in the butt, right? Right. Uh, you know, it's if you're covering politics. Yeah, you're going to watch a, you're going to watch a single rep stand up there for eight hours. I feel bad for them, but it serves its purpose in most instances. And then, of course, nothing compares to the uh, sacredness of our elections, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing compares to that, because without it again, ladies and gentlemen, we are not a free people. 
Um, that vote, guys, that is the number one thing, guys, that is keeping us separated from the rest of the world. Uh, the rest is on paper, but, uh, you know, they will, uh, they will dodge around that and they will uh, bureaucrat around that as much as they can. We know that they do. We know that they do. All right, guys, uh, real quick, thank you so much, Classical Chick, for gifting the cookie over there in the foxhole. Uh, Tombstone, good evening and welcome along. Hey, Sean Joe, what's up, buddy? Thank you so much for joining us tonight, and thank you for that cookie as well as you, Relanon. Appreciate the cookie, too. Uh, you enjoy your lurk road. Oh, well, well, Classical Chick says, uh, three Republican sponsors, two Democrat sponsors. This is bad. Uh, you're talking, oh, man. Hey, okay. Oh, wait, well, we have the text of the bill here. We'll take a look at that. We will take a look at that, Classical Chick, uh, the sponsors of this bill. Uh, I, am, uh, sh I am shocked that we have uh, more Republicans sponsoring that bill than we do Democrats. This is a Democrat bill. That's what I'm talking about, guys. That's what I'm concerned about. That is what I'm concerned about because, again, Representative Kamak is the only person who has said anything about this. And I'm not, I'm not knocking Marjorie Taylor Greene. I know she probably voted this down. You know she voted no on this one, guys. Uh, like Kamak said, she probably voted a hell no on this. Uh, but I haven't heard anything from her about it either. I mean, this is great ammunition for her to use against the Democrats. Look how dishonest the Democrats are. Look how they disrespect you and think so little of you. Because they are literally putting a bill that has nothing to do with its namesake, and they're pushing it through to try and get our elections out of our hands, you know? And uh, it's funny because uh, I saw a meme or something on her, one of her socials today, that was talking about voter ID and the vaccine, but no mention of voter ID and these election laws. In fact, she did not even use election laws as an example uh, of why voter ID is important but not for the vaccines. So I just, you know, I'm not casting a shadow of doubt on her. I'm just wondering why we've only heard about this from one representative out of all of them, ladies and gentlemen. And my fear is that uh, we're seeing the true nature of our elected officials up to this point. And uh, the true nature of them is saying, well, it had a nice little disguise on it. No one caught it. Uh, so we're just going to pass this NASA bill and uh, we're going to show our true colors. Uh, probably that true color would be the color purple, right? Uh, a fine blending of, you know, blue and red, Democrat and Republican. Oh, wait, what do they call that like now? The unity party? You know, I called them at a point. I actually called them the impeachment party. Uh, but that is, uh, you know... <sighs> Well, the Democrats were the impeachment party. Uh, collectively, I refer to them all as, uh, as um, uh, bloodthirsty, baby-eating, you know, uh, Satanists. But um, that's a story for another day. Maybe we'll get into that in the dark. I'm sure all of you are, are savvy to uh, that uh, topic. Uh, but all right, guys, before we carry on with tonight's show, um, let me just say hello real quick again to more, anyone else in the chat rooms we got here. Hey, the Speak and Easy, what is going on, sir? Good to have you with us, my friend, the bartender, um, and welcome. Sherry Pittsburgh, welcome as well. Uh, Classical Chick asks, don't you think at Mr. C uh, that they did this on purpose to uh, string, along, uh, string along time to distract knowing they'll lose? Um, 
Yes, uh, I know they did this on purpose, but to uh, string us along, uh, string along the time to distract. Um, well, I mean, um, using a totally different name for what this bill is, is it's, it is more than a distraction. That's for sure. They knew that they would lose, which is why I think they, uh, I think they, uh, used a totally different name to begin with because, uh, that way, uh, they don't have to, uh, if they had told everyone that this was going to be whatever voting, you know, the Democrats, uh, the voting takeover bill, um, you know, uh, Everyone would have been talking about it. You probably would have had all the pundits and all of the uh, the news outlets who uh, are fighting against uh, this uh, deception and promoting truth. They would have been on it and uh, probably wouldn't even have had a chance. This is like the third time. Uh, well, I guess it would be the second official time, but, you know... HR1, HR4 defeated. You know, now that now they're doing this, um, uh, they, they just were doing it so they could do it under the cover... Again, um, a subterfuge that is uh, that would be successful unless you peered into the uh, verbiage of the bill. So absolutely, and, and that's how it got past the House, guys. No one knew it existed except for the representatives. And I just don't get how none of them could say anything it is beyond me, guys. I kept on thinking, trying to name all the ones I think are good guys in, in the house. Um, and <laughs> I'm just, I don't even know who, uh, who Representative Kamak is. This woman came out of left field. Kelly Clarkson, as uh, 123SKG said. And uh, I, <laughs> I didn't even know who she, now she's on my radar now. You know, she is on my radar now. She, this has gotten me a, a little bit flustered, but uh, um, before, before we carry on, uh, let's see here. Um, uh, not one of the Senate have opened the file to read it yet. Oh, well, you know, if that is true, that is good. I mean, uh, I, I've been looking at articles, uh, saying that their, uh, Senate is going into its, you know, um, discussions about it. So I don't know, uh, what's going on on that front yet. We're going to look at an article or so, uh, as we get into the night, uh, Tombstone said they passed this crap. Secession will be the next play the States will make. Uh, yes, sir. Well, you know, it might come to that. It might come to that. Uh, I don't think it's going to pass the Senate, to be quite honest. I don't think it's going to pass the Senate. Um, I I have no expectations because they always defy my expectations. And, you know, after a while, one uh, gets tired of having their expectations defied, as it were. Uh, but we'll go ahead and uh, see how that goes. Um, and hopefully we don't, uh, hopefully we can keep this union uh, um, uh, together. Correct? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that would be a nice goal. Texas Gal, good evening. How are you doing today? Uh, let's see here. Uh, can y'all spare a moment to pray for Bastrop, Texas? Controlled burn run amok. Oh, no. That is terrible. Okay, so we have an out-of-control fire in Bastrop. Absolutely. Uh, our wishes, thoughts, and prayers uh, for safety for uh, for the folks out in Bastrop, Texas. Um uh, last time I was in Bastrop, Texas, was to help with the fire, but that was in a store. That wasn't a that wasn't a a wildfire, so to speak. Six hundred acres. You know, actually, that was a pretty bad fire. Uh, I remember driving through there with a. Uh, how often does it catch fire in Bastrop, uh, Texas gal? Because uh, I remember driving through a bunch of uh, of charred and burnt trees uh, one time when I was heading over there. 
Uh, so we'll see here. Uh, Classical Chick says, unless they fiddled with the NASA versus voter legislation and the sponsors are messed up. Um, I, you know, uh, Representative Kamak said that everyone knew what the NASA bill implied, and that was the Democrats' um, uh, voter bill. So, uh, you know, did they, uh, did they, did they, um, did they give out this uh, NASA bill with the language of the NASA bill, and then uh, gut it after everyone voted on it, or what was the game here? We got to get to the bottom, of this guys, because no one in the media is really reporting it. They're just talking about how it's the uh, Democrat voter bill, and uh, you know how it's not going to pass, or you know uh, how Joe Biden gave up on them. So, um, but they're not referencing this deception, which is another thing that's bothering me very much. So. All right, guys, uh, let us uh, let us see uh, what else we got here uh, real quick. Tonight's episode is brought to you by uh, the likes of the Washington Examiner, the Middle East Eye, Breitbart, the New York Post, the Gateway Pundit, CNN, CBS, Detroit, Lancaster Online, Space Ref and WFIR News. Who boy, what a way to get this show started, y'all. When there's already so much kind of going on, you know, uh, caught wind about this uh, new Project Veritas video that had dropped uh, probably about, I don't know, maybe an hour to two hours ago now. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, Judicial Watch was all over this, and uh, they're the ones who had gotten that information in regards to uh, um, the, uh, the, uh, the um, raid that happened on Project Veritas. Uh, uh, but I think what probably is uh, more alarming there, the, the, the point that is driving into everyone is the involvement with Pfizer. Like, what do they have to do with, uh, you know, um, Project Veritas? I mean, obviously we know what they have to do because uh, Project Veritas did, after all, release that series of videos where they were exposing what the scientists of the pharmaceutical industry um, you know, were uh, saying about or knew about, uh, you know, the vaccines and the coronavirus uh, versus uh, human immunity um, through uh, pre-infection and other things like that, you know. So, uh, but yeah, that's again, what collusion of, uh, you know, corporation and, uh, and government, uh, you know, by way of their three-letter agencies. So uh, that in itself is another damning uh, document uh, with many thanks to Judicial Watch and Tom Fitton for submitting uh, those FOIA requests to get that information. You know, we had that going on. And then, of course, uh, um, this whole uh, thing about the Tonga Island volcano, guys. I don't know what any of y'all guys think about that. Uh, let me see if I could do this. The Hunga Tonga Hunga Hapai, I got it, volcano that, like, blew its lid. They're saying it was the um, biggest ex volcanic explosion uh, like in 30 years uh, that we've seen. It was an underwater volcano. We've seen the images. We've heard about the uh, tsunamis that were sweeping across, uh, you know, basically uh, any, any shoreline involved. Uh, some people heard the explosion from hundreds of thousands of miles away. So that was, uh, that was something else to say. And, uh, I didn't realize that it was an island chain that was out there somewhere like what, uh, I don't know, 300, 400, 500 miles off of uh, the, the coast of Australia. And uh, yeah, they showed an image of that island and and how it was like, it's basically decimated wherever that happened. 
it just some things didn't add up to me on that end. You know, like uh, we had we had uh, reports of um, uh, a population of people uh, that live on those islands, right? And um, uh, talking about how uh, rescue efforts and uh, aid efforts are kind of, you know, uh, inhibited because of uh, they don't have the air landing strips open and, uh, you know, it's it's dust and it's it's ash everywhere and, and it's totally destroyed. I saw an image that looked like the island was just flattened, um, at least uh, around the blast zone. But when you're talking about an explosion that big... Okay, and um, you're talking about uh, a small island population, and then you have news reports saying that uh, because only one person has ever been inflicted with COVID on that island, that they don't really want to go over there because they're afraid that they'll get the entire island sick. And I'm like, this blast was apparently so massive and so destructive um, how is anyone even still alive? I mean, if you guys saw the images of that island just blasted out, uh, it's like, it's like it's below sea level now or something. It just, it was, that was bizarro to me. I don't know what you guys think about that Hunga Tonga Hunga Pai, Hunga Pai, uh, volcano explosion. Uh, but that was actually just going across my screen before I got on here. So, uh, worth a mention, worth a mention, but, uh, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, these are crazy times that we're living in. No telling what was really going on over there in that uh, uh, underwater subterranean volcanic blast of the Hunga Tunga Hunga Hapai volcano. I'm going to I'm enjoy saying that now. But uh, indeed, guys, indeed, crazy, crazy times, crazy times indeed. Let's go back because I'm not done with her yet. Uh, this is uh, Representative Kelly Clarkson. No, just kidding. Uh, this is, uh, uh, Kat Kamak, guys. Uh, this is the lady we just saw in the video at the open of the show. Again, God bless her for letting us know and for sounding the alarm on what was going on, uh, with, uh, with these Democrats and their shenanigans. It's just, it, it's just beyond me. It's honestly beyond me, uh, because it's more blatant. It's as blatant as their theft of the election and the uh, methods that they employed, and and those are the cartoonish ways that they had to uh, they had to use in order to uh, defeat President Trump. <laughs> Absolutely cartoonish and 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 obvious and and in the face in the face. You know, it's just it's insane. It is insane. I, they need some type of accountability for this. There need to be some kind of uh, some kind of comeuppance for it. You know. Uh, some kind of reprisal because it's it's blatant. It bothers me that no one else in our elected body is talking about this, save for this one beautiful soul here on the screen that sounded the alarm. And like I said, it's not too late. They missed their Martin Luther King deadline. The uh, Capitol board switch number, the Capitol switchboard number is on my uh, screen here above my head. Give your senators a phone call. Give them a piece of your mind and uh, make sure you ask them to return your call. Uh, that way uh, they have an extra level of accountability uh, coming at them. Now, again, uh, this brand new uh, 5746, House Resolution 5746, uh, uh, gives the ability for illegals to vote, right? Just like New York City, right? Uh, as New York goes, so goes the United States of America. I hope not. I hope not. Uh, but they just did that over there in New York, where if you are an illegal alien, 
I don't mind saying that. If you are an illegal resident, if you are a, uh, a legal, if you're illegal, you can still vote, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, that's the big whoop right there because they, the Dems, just got a whole brand new shiny voting block uh, that entered into our country primarily through the southern border. Was it, uh, what, 2 million? There was like 1.7. No, that, that's the number of people I always say that were at Washington, D.C. But like two, three million people coming through the southern border. You know, maybe that number's even conservative. Maybe that's just a number that we know about, right? Uh, there's no telling how many unknown flights are coming up from, uh, you know, Central America. I wouldn't doubt that for one second. But yeah, a brand new shining blo- voter block that these Democrats have. Um, and uh, if, they can, uh, if they can federalize legal voting and make it, uh, make it legal, because, um, you know, they don't, I mean, <laughs> I don't understand these people. I don't get it. Like, they don't, they don't like America. They hate this country. Uh, they don't want to try and preserve it or protect it in any way. They're just like, come on over. You know, if you are on vacation during election season in America, go on and vote and, uh, and let us know how we're doing as a country. It makes absolutely no sense. No ID. Again, it's gonna, it has provisions to where you don't have to use your ID. Okay. Again, this makes no sense. Uh, You know, we've been through these parameters before, y'all. I know. We've been through these parameters before. We know why it doesn't make sense, right? We know why it does not make sense. We know why it's not voter suppression. You know, if only the people who are on the same side as the Democrats realized that they were actually being insulted when the Democrats say that it suppresses their vote... Um, maybe half of them just aren't paying attention, right? And the other half are just too egotistical to realize uh, that they have been played the fool. Um, as they say, it is easier to fool someone than to, uh, you know, have them admit that they've been fooled. Uh, so maybe that's what's up with most of these people. Maybe they, uh, maybe they just uh, don't want to admit that they have been conned um, for some odd reason I don't understand it myself. Is that a lack of hum- humility or a lack of humanity? Hmm? Uh, again, it hands over elections to the federal government on multiple levels. You know, it gives the government oversight. Um, um, and it also, uh, what do you call it? It, uh, it makes all of the, uh, the elections uh, run in a single, single way. So uh, it, everything would be uh, the same across the board. Um, uh, never mind, uh, you know, any of the particulars that any given state might have. Uh, wherein they need to have some kind of differentiation uh, from other states, right? Because they all run differently. Uh, most of, We're all the same just about in our electoral process here in these United States of America. But uh, every now and then you have a deviation or a variation, I should say. Um, so, And then also it would prevent states' legislatures from changing, uh, amending, altering, uh, re- review, removing any election laws unless the federal government allows them to. Talk about centralized control, symbolically centralizing our freedom, right? So only one entity controls them all. That's a very symbolic move right there, guys, if you think about it. If they want to centralize our vote, centralize our elections, centralize our freedom so that only one entity controls our freedom, they basically will have stripped our freedom away. 
And then uh, that uh, a last provision, the campaign donation match. What is that all about, guys? Like, um, am I am I so unversed in our own uh, uh, laws uh, of this republic? Uh, a campaign donation match. You mean to tell me for my entire life that I've been donating uh, to any type of political campaign that uh, they always ma- well. I've never voted. Honestly, I've never donated more than $200. So I guess that wouldn't count. Uh, But now they're matching uh, donations as low as $200. I mean, why are we even matching campaign financing? Like, why is that even a thing? Uh, that means that uh, uh, they're pulling money out of our pockets, taxpayer money to match people's donations. And these are what? Matching the corporation's donations? Matching the donations of the millionaires and the billionaires who can really put some money in there? So we're matching the those people's donations. So that means that we are, we are uh, absent-mindedly or unknowingly financing the vote of another person through their campaign donations. I mean, it, that is, and how do they allocate that, huh? I mean, if you have someone who's a Democrat that uh, donates X amount of money and they match it, uh, does that mean that only Democrat registered Americans uh, match that donation? Or does that mean that everyone across the board does? And then that means that, you know, we're kind of like, kind of like how, uh, you know, they, uh, they uh, fund abortions and they expect everyone to pay for it across the board, whether or not we agree with it um, uh, on any level. Uh, that is just, you know, that's got to change. That's got to go. That's got to go. Why are we matching donations to begin with, right? It's not like uh, these people who are running for office deserve it. They should be happy with uh, what they're getting and they should be running their campaigns on what they're getting as true genuine donations and not expect a government match. Oh, well, you made this much money, so we're going to match you because you're clearly a moneymaker. I don't like it, guys. I don't like it at all. Oh, man, what a way to start off the show. 123SKG, thank you for gifting the can. Much appreciated. Not matching six to one. Well, I don't agree with any kind of matching, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Uh, what, a part, what about uh, that part in the bill where we will be forced to contribute to elections? That's, yeah, oh, text scale. That's exactly what we were just talking about right now. I didn't even know that was a thing, guys, you know, and I don't claim to know, you know, everything about uh, all of the uh, the rules and the bylaws and everything that uh, they, they go by and they know by their own heart. Um, but uh, that that kind of threw me for a loop. But um, like she said, um, Alexandria Occasional Cortex, uh, you know, raised what, two million dollars on donations that were two hundred dollars. You know, well, not the entire amount. I think she said like something like nineteen thousand. But uh very insane number indeed. And it puts us it puts us in a position where we're supporting these individuals um, that we don't even want in office. It's terrible. Uh, so here is a copy of that. This is the original one, guys. Uh, original HR 5746 NASA Enhanced Use Leasing Extension Act of 2021. And then, uh, of course, this bill never really did anything. Its expiration date is coming up in March. Uh, So uh, before it expired, the Democrats decided to uh, gut it and put all of their uh, election fraud, election theft, uh, you know, uh, jargon mumbo jumbo into that bill and then sneak it into uh, a house, the house for a vote. Yeah, I don't know at what point they changed it, because if you go and look up H.R. 5746 now, 
all of them are calling it uh, the uh, election law bill. Um, basically, that's not the the correct proper name for it. We'll uh, we'll tell you that in just a minute. But yeah, NASA Enhanced Use Leasing Extension Act of 2021. That's what it originally was. Uh, we don't really need to read what this is about because after all, that's not what it is anymore. What it is now, ladies and gentlemen, is the uh, Freedom to Vote Act. Oh, now they're back to the Orwellian thing, guys. Now they're back to the Orwellian thing. Oh, we have the freedom to vote when they are making it easier to cheat. Oh, that's the freedom to vote, huh? That's the freedom to vote. The John R. Lewis Act is what they're calling it. Let's see, uh, let's see who the uh, co-sponsors are. Let's check that out real quick. Since uh, it was uh, brought to my attention, who are we holding accountable? Let's see, the, one of these sponsors was Donald S. Beyer Jr., a Democrat from Virginia. If you're from Virginia. Now, I wonder if uh, he was the sponsor of the NASA bill or of the election bill, right? Because, uh, oh my goodness, I am not liking what I'm seeing here. Brian Babin of Texas, Republican. Oh, let me pull my pen out and let me write that name down. That is not bueno, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's very disconcerting to see a Texan on there. But you know what? Uh, Texans have a habit of boasting about uh, their state a lot. Well, uh, it's a shame that we can boast that they are, uh, they are great at being uh, the most deceptive, as uh, most of these guys are rhinos. So they're, they're great at that, too. Good job. Good job, Texas. Man. Uh, let's see. Troy Carter, Democrat of Louisiana. Young Kim of uh, California, another Republican, Stephen M. Palazzo, a, a, rep a Republican of Mississippi, Alan S. Lowenthal, Democrat of California, okay? And uh, these co-sponsored all in October. Um, so yes, this is uh, bound to be the brand, brand new election law bill. So they knew what they were doing, okay? Uh, and apparently so did this Donald S. Beyer guy, because he also um, co-sponsored it back in October. So uh, there you have it. Uh, those, are the, those are the representatives that signed off on their co-sponsored this. So that is not bueno, as I, uh, I've been saying. We'll take a look at the text. I think we're coming up on a break over at Twitch, though. So uh, let me see. I'll, uh, I will. Uh, if you're watching us over at Twitch, uh, we will pause while that break runs. Just a couple of commercials, and uh, then uh, you won't miss out on anything, guys. So we'll make sure that that happens. I'm uh, trying to get better at this. So I thank you for your patience as I work out these uh, these uh, uh, show things, as they say. I just want to make sure you guys don't miss out on anything and you don't fret none ladies and gentlemen, but uh, we'll take a look. Well, we're really not going to go too much into this. Let's, how about we look at this bill till that commercial runs? Uh, some of the text of it, of course, uh, now it is uh, referred to as the, uh, as the Freedom to Vote Act, the John R. Lewis Act, okay? And uh, let me expand that just a little bit more for you here. Let's see, uh, talking about voter access, let's just go down to some of the meat and potatoes of this. 
It's a big bill, guys. It's it's a pretty big bill. Many, many pages on this one. Um, and uh, this is all kind of like that uh, table of contents part. What you can expect and in what section to expect it. Very wordy. I mean, uh, this again, an amalgamation of HR 1 and 2. Totally insane, guys. I can't believe that they're trying to get away with this. But then again, believe it, right? Amendments to the Voting Rights Act. Uh, vote dilution, denial, and abridgment claims. Uh, retrogression. All of this lawyer speak, guys. Hey, I'm a layman. I don't know if I can analyze this into uh, into uh, something reasonable and understandable, to be quite honest. Native American Voting Rights Act. All of this is incorporated into that. Findings of general constitutional authority. Congress finds that the Constitution of the United States grants explicit and broad authority to protect the right to vote to regulate election for federal office and uh, to prevent and remedy discrimination in voting and to defend the nation's democratic process. Congress enacts the freedom to vote. John R. Lewis Act pursuant to this broad authority, including but not limited to the following. Congress finds that it has broad authority to regulate the time, place, and manner of congressional elections under the elections clause of the Constitution. So this is basically talking about how they're going to federalize all of our elections and take it away from the states is what it sounds like to me. Um, They can control all of that. No, 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 I say you cannot do that. That is the state's authority. Uh, Congress also finds it has the uh, it has both authority and responsibility as a legislative body for the United States to fulfill the promise of Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, which states the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union and uh, a Republican form of government. Ha! You want to take that literally, Congress? Really? Congress finds that it has the authority and responsibility to enforce the guarantee clause is clear given that federal courts have not enforced this clause because they understood that its enforcement is committed to Congress by the Constitution. It has broad authority pursuant to Section 5 of the 14th Amendment to legislate to enforce the provisions of the 14th Amendment, including its protections of the right to vote and the democratic process. I mean, again, uh, this cover of voter suppression is ridiculous. It's even more so ridiculous hearing all of these uh, people who really don't involve themselves in politics, whether they are uh, whether they are celebrities or, you know, just uh, college student millennials, SJW uh, university goers. They have no idea what they're talking about. And they're not insulted by the fact that uh, their representatives uh, think they're dumb and don't know how to uh, get an ID or any form of identification. Eh, racial discrimination, and it goes on, guys. Standards for judicial review. Um, well, we've gone through HR 1 and 4 before, so that is that in a nutshell here. It is, uh, again, the primary thing we're talking about here is the deception, guys. It's the deception. Uh, it's not beyond uh, the, co- the likes of the Democrats, that's for sure. Uh, but no one else is talking about this, guys, except for Representative Kat Kamak which I think she deserves major props. So uh, now this is the article I was talking about, y'all, uh, where uh, it, this is a, some kind of science blog, Space Ref, state, uh, science business. I don't know what this is, but they had, this is the only article I found that really talked about what was going on here. Now, um, they actually got this information from the uh, House Science Committee Republican, a press release 
from the House Science Committee Republicans. But if you click on that link, this page no longer exists because you guys know that I prefer to uh, to go to the root source whenever I am uh, showing uh, articles and, and presenting information. Well, I tried and it's gone. OK, uh, but this article from a science business blog says Democrats gut key NASA policy to replace it with federal election takeover. Okay, House Science, Space and Technology Committee Ranking Member Frank Lucas was joined by Space and Aeronaut Subcommittee Ranking Member Brian Babin and Representative Young Kim in criticizing House Democrat leadership for stripping bipartisan NASA policy from H.R. 5746 and replacing it with legislation to attempt to seize control of elections from the states. Now, uh, Kim Young, Young Kim, uh, you co-sponsored the bill, and now they're telling us that you were criticizing the Democrats. That don't make no sense. Uh, why would you co-sponsor if you didn't agree with what they were doing? Um, uh, something smells rotten in D.C. as usual. The majority has taken a practical bipartisan bill and gutted it inserting 735 pages of unrelated legislation and forcing the House to vote on it barely 12 hours after the text was released, Lucas said. Democrat leadership not only withheld the text of this bill, but they deliberately kept even the subject a secret until the last possible moment. Good policy does not require secrecy and schemes. This is no way to govern. What's more, by stripping this NASA bill and replacing it with an attempt to impose federal control of elections, they have killed our only vehicle to extend NASA's authority to lease out un underutilized property and save taxpayer money. Oh, okay, 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 uh, Mr. Lucas here. Uh, clearly, we know where your priorities are. <laughs> Clearly, we know where your priorities are. It, he is not even concerned with uh, this massive takeover of, of states' rights to elections. Wowzers. Okay. Uh, he says, I am outraged because the Democrats have made a mockery of bipartisan collaboration for cheap political gain. Oh, is that why you're outraged? A few hours ago, H.R. 5746 was the NASA Enhanced Use Leasing Extension Act, a simple three-page bill that was good for NASA, good for our space industry, and good for our taxpayers, a bill that I was very proud to co-sponsor. Now, in the dark of night, this bill has been hijacked and mutilated to become the latest iteration of the Democrats' federal takeover of our election system, a wolf in sheep's clothing. In fact... The only thing left from this original bill is its number. What's Yeah, well, the title was still there, I guess, up until they changed it, which was probably moments before they voted, apparently. It says, in fact, uh, the only thing left from this original bill is its number. What's worse, I can't even remove my name as a co-sponsor. Okay, guy. Okay, guy. Well, all right. We won't... Uh, we won't, uh, we won't hold it over you. He cannot remove his name as a co-sponsor. This is no way to govern. Democrats are trying to sell the American people a bill of goods, and I will not support it. Why, why can't he even, why can't he even seek some type of uh, reprisal or, you know, correction uh, against the Democrats who did this? They are basically... <laughs> Uh, dragging this guy's name through the mud, literally, because uh, everyone's going to think, as I did, that he supported this. Uh, so who is this? This Lucas guy. Lucas, Lucas, Lucas. Let's go back to the co-sponsors. 
Where are you at, Lucas? He's not on here. Let me see. Let's 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 confirm. Is Lucas the name, or am I making that up in my head? Uh, let's see here. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. Okay, so it was Babin. Babin is the one who said that he uh, he cannot remove his name as a co-sponsor. So if we go back over here, and uh, let me extend that for you guys. Uh, so Babin is the representative from Texas. God bless it. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right, Babin. Okay, I was about to bring out the tar and feathers, guys. I was about to bring out the tar and feathers. Goodness. Okay, so a Babin cannot remove his name at, from as a co-sponsor. Um, I'm guessing that means that uh, Young wasn't able to as well. Again, this is a Republican from California. They should be able to. Uh, they should be able to hold the Democrats accountable for this. Do you know this guy's probably going to get primaried because of this bill? <laughs> Everyone's going to think that he did it. Um, isn't there, there's got to be something he could do? I would be livid, guys. Of course, I wouldn't be talking about how uh, NASA is hurt by this. I'd be talking about how they are deceiving the American people. And then I wonder why Babin hasn't said anything about this to the uh, the people of Texas and beyond. You know. Um, what do you call it? Uh, Representative uh, Kamak stepped well outside of her lane and informed, you know, the nation about what was going on here. That's crazy, guys. This is crazy. Uh, it says uh, it concludes here. Uh, the NASA Enhanced Use Leasing Extension Act was a non-controversial bill to support the public and private sectors of our space industry, Kim said. Because this is young Kim of California. Uh, Senate Democrats and Speaker Pelosi hijacked a bipartisan good faith effort to support space innovation to move forward with their partisan agenda to take control of elections from state and um, local officials and give it to Washington politicians. Speaker Pelosi is again undermining good government to ram through her partisan agenda in the dark of night. I came to Congress to fight for common sense solutions that help the American people. I cannot support the Senate amendment to H.R. 5746. That is nothing more than a partisan power grab undermining our elections. I like that language more, young Kim of California. And uh, H.R. 5746, the NASA Enhancement Use, uh, Enhanced Use Leasing Act, was originally a bipartisan bill to extend NASA's authority to lease idle or underutilized property to the private sector, state and local governments, and academic institutions. The money NASA receives in return can then be used to offset spending for facilities maintenance and property improvements. Under this program, the commercial space industry benefits from access to NASA facilities and taxpayer benefits, uh, taxpayers benefit from the revenue uh, these leases bring in to offset NASA's cost. In 2022, NASA expects to collect $14 million in net revenue from enhanced use leases. The House passed a clean 10-year extension of the bill in December. The program expired at the end of 2021, and without a legislative extension, NASA's ability to, ability to enter new leases will be delayed. So there you have it, guys. That's the skinny on what this bill once was, how it came to be, and how the uh, co-sponsors uh, came to be about it. <laughs> oh, Hoods Pelosi. Some people call her Michael Jackson. Uh, but yeah, she, she seems to have grown a churro on her nose, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. 
<laughs> but um, this is beyond that. This is beyond a little a little lie. How many Pinocchios do you think that the Democrats are going to get for this one, ladies and gentlemen? How many uh, Pinocchios do you think the Democrats are going to get for this one? Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little outraged at this. Because not only was this outright deception, I mean, again, not an or- it's, it's Orwellian now, okay? It's Orwellian now. But it, but it was outright deception at the start, okay? And uh, no one's saying anything about it. Uh, we haven't heard a single other Republican representative talk about it, um, except for Representative Kamak of Florida. Why aren't we hearing anything, guys? Here's a good example. Breitbart, okay? Democrats did the best we could do on election takeover as bill is poised to fail okay so they are expecting this sucker to fail in uh, washington dc at the hands of the senate i won't complain if it does i think that it should uh, but let's see what good old breitbart had to say about this let's see if they mention anything about how this was uh, a nasa bill in the cover of night, an election takeover, an election power grab. Democrats on Tuesday admitted that they will add the attempted federal takeover of elections to their list of legislative failures despite efforts to break filibuster. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York made an unusual move this week to schedule a vote on two bills, the Freedom to Vote and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, even though they lack the 60 votes to pass through the Senate. Instead, the New York Democrat will uh, attempt to convince his 50-member majority to support breaking the legislative filibuster. However, many Democrats admitted Tuesday that the prospect of passing these bills already appears doomed, as Senate uh, Senators Joe Manchin and uh, Kristen Sinema um, have uh, consistently opposed breaking the 60-vote filibuster threshold. Okay, so, all uh, right. I mean, uh, things that we know as far as the, uh, the schemes are going and the, the political maneuvers over at uh, the Democrat side of the aisle. It says, uh, some Democrats in the House also shifted the blame to Republicans, even though Democrats do not have the votes to pass the bills. Senator uh, Kristen Sinema Joined by Joe Manchin. Okay, that's a, that's a caption. Uh, Representative uh, Pramila Jayapal, the uh, chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, I cannot stand that woman, said last week Republicans haven't been forced into a conversation about why they would be opposing voting rights at this critical junction. I could imagine that maybe it has to do with something that this had nothing to do with voting rights, but rather um, it had a lot to do with... Uh, NASA up until the Democrats got their hands on it. All right, let's go ahead and uh, finish with this. Uh, others have noted Democrats have overpromised and underdelivered with their legislative agenda. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and President Joe Biden have compared the failed Build Back Better Pro Act to the New Deal and the Great Society programs. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's about it. That's what we got from Breitbart, guys. That's what we got from Breitbart. 
And we don't want this information to be suppressed, but unfortunately, sometimes it seems like that's what happens. And, uh, well, um, I apologize to our friends over at uh, the foxhole.app and pill.net because you guys have been cut off from my stream. Uh, and that's just the way it goes sometimes. So uh, maybe someone else will get the scoop on this story, right? Okay, guys, that's, uh, that's just uh, the long and short of it when we're talking about this bill. Again, I have the number uh, above my head for the Capital Switchboard. If you have not had the opportunity to call uh, your senators, your, um, your uh, federal senators, not your state senators, uh, I would definitely recommend you do so. Uh, because uh, they were they were hoping to get this done by yesterday, Monday, and it did not happen. Uh, so uh, again, guys, 202-224-3121. You support the filibuster, and you do not support HR 5746. And uh, give them a piece of your mind about the major deception that was utilized in order to get this moving, okay? All right, and if you are over there at uh, Foxhole and or Pilled, uh, you guys might be coming back online in a minute because uh, it looks like they uh, reconnected the... Uh, <laughs> it looks like they reconnected the wires over there, but I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it's the only platform that happens on. Good evening, DJ Ping254. Uh, Hello, everyone. Stopping by from a long day. Hope all is well. All is well, DJPing254. Glad to have you in the audience. Thanks for uh, the shamrock blessings there uh, that you have spilled into the chat room. Much appreciated, sir. We could use a little luck here now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so who's this man on the screen, guys? I'm sure you're probably wondering... I've stalled long enough, uh, so uh, let's see here. Uh, this man is actually uh, the, the main feature of our sole President Trump uh, statement for today. Uh, let's see here. Uh, President Trump, we've got a statement from him, and it is actually an endorsement for the man on the screen. Now, his name is Congressman Gary Palmer. Uh, uh, regarding Gary Palmer, uh, President Trump had this to say. Congressman Gary Palmer is doing tremendous work for the great state of Alabama. A strong advocate of our America First agenda, Gary is fighting for, <clears throat> pardon me, energy independence, secure borders, lower taxes, better care for our military and vets, and to protect and defend our Second Amendment. Gary Palmer has my complete and total endorsement. All right, Gary. Well, good job to you, Gary. Uh, and hopefully you can walk in that America First, uh, America First uh, trail there, that, that path that has been opened up uh, to those who love this country to further support, uh, you know, what we believe in and what we stand for. Okay, it looks like we are back online over at the foxhole.app and at uh, pill.net. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Glad that you joined us. Yeah, I got uh, I got a signal on my side of the screen that uh, the cords had been cut, but it looks like they've been repaired. So uh, very good, and I'm glad to have you guys back. I'd hate for it for you guys not to get this information, because uh, that would just suck, right? Anyways, okay. 
All right. Uh, so let's move along. We were just talking about uh, uh, Trump's endorsement of Gary Palmer. I wonder if there's any relation to Arnold Palmer. I don't know. Uh, but either way, that's neither here nor there. And uh, let me see what we got going on over here. Okay. All right. All is well. All is well in love and war. In information and disinformation, right? Okay. Uh, we'll block that. And we will carry on, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys. Thanks again for being with us here tonight. Glad you guys are back. Okay, so let's move on to our next topic for this evening. Ah, who's that man, ladies and gentlemen? Okay, so uh, we had another instance of uh, under-reporting or no-reporting uh, on some, uh, some case here uh, that it's a little old. Uh, this goes back to uh, probably the latest we heard about this man on the screen. Uh, was 2021 and 2020, okay? Uh, so we got uh, an interesting story here for you. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it does involve uh, the, uh, the main Hydra back there behind him. Uh, that is, of course, you know it, you hate it, but you know it, Hillary Clinton. And uh, basically what we're seeing here is a case involving this man, George Nader, uh, some of you all might remember the name George Nader. He is a Lebanese businessman uh, who is also a convicted pedophile. Now, um, uh, it's really interesting, guys. Hey, Relanon, thanks for the cookie. It's really interesting because George Nader uh, had a lot of connections to the Clinton campaign. One, two, three, SKG, thank you for the cookie. And... George Nader, basically, he's been, uh, he's been uh, charged with funneling millions of dollars into the 2016 Hillary Clinton campaign, okay? So that's what we'll take note of. Now, what we knew about prior to this was that he was a pedophile uh, and that uh, he was convicted, and we'll get into that in just a minute, but... Um, all of this information about him lobbying um, on behalf of, of uh, international entities and actually um, donating uh, north of $3 million to the Hillary Clinton campaign for whatever reason, is that that was actually put under seal by the courts. So even though this guy pled guilty back in 2001... We haven't heard anything about that until now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so it is a very good case for uh, underreported or unreported information. And of course, one has to wonder why the courts decided to seal the information on that, uh, on that conviction. You know, what's going on with that, right? But what I will tell you is that after Hillary Clinton lost the election, this man started to funnel money into President Trump's presidency, administration, campaigns, uh, you know. Uh, so what we have here now, ladies and gentlemen, is that once that happened, 
That is all you read about in the headlines. President Trump associates with the pedophile. Uh, you know, pedophile George Nader, a huge campaign contributor to the Trump administration. Now, this guy, admittedly, it seems that he was far more interested in political gain and, uh, and, and getting in bed with uh, the winner of the election so that they could, you know, either hold an office at some point or they could, uh, you know, make a sweet deal for whatever businesses or other international entities that, that he was representing, you know. And that's the main reason why he was, uh, he was uh, donating to the President Trump administration and campaign, because he wanted to get favor with the president. But, uh, hey, the uh, mainstream, mainstream fake news legacy media, they, uh, they shared all of that information they made that point abundantly clear uh, and that that was the reason why he was there but it just basically boils down to a political opportunistic or a uh, opportunist or a political grifter wc cranop i appreciate the uh, 427 uh, gold pill sir uh, that's how many uh that's how many hours into 22 we are on uh, wc uh, and uh, 123SKG says there was a photo with him and Clinton with some other men on a Q post. Uh, yeah, that was the uh, Bill Clinton, George Nader, and party at uh, Epstein Island uh, or Lolita Island or uh, Child Rape Island, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, um, I actually thought about sharing that picture, uh, but, uh, but there are a lot of claims that that was actually not a real photo. When I looked at the photo, the guy they identified as George Nader and this man on the screen, uh, they looked very similar, but um, there was just enough dissimilarity that I chose not to share that picture. Just so that we don't get too scandalous, speculative, and conspiracy theory over here. But we got another one for you in regards to George Nader. Now, let's talk a little bit about um, uh, what was going on with George Nader and his conviction of funneling millions of dollars into the Clinton campaign. Um, again, convicted pedophile. Uh, so we have this here for you, ladies and gentlemen, for your, whoops, sorry about that ping. I put your shamrocks on the screen. Uh, we have this here for your consideration uh, from the Washington Examiner. Now, apparently this guy was also uh, one of uh, Mueller's lead witnesses during his whole impeachment thing or his uh, investigation against President Trump. So uh, that's an, an interesting factoid. They get all of these individuals who um, uh, to be their witnesses and they end up being like amongst the most crooked people and their, uh, their um, information uh, is either bad or it's totally, well, it would be bad if it's totally made up, right? Uh, yes, 123SKG, a picture with Bill. Sorry, uh, I probably said Hillary. Yeah, he's with Bill Clinton and, uh, and friends over there on Epstein Island. I mean, I could probably sh still show you guys the picture. For those of you who don't remember it, um, it, is, uh, it is still floating around out there, guys. Uh, from the Washington Examiner, Mueller witness pleads guilty in illegal scheme to funnel UAE, that's United Arab Emirates money, to Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign. It says, uh, George Nader, a key witness in former special counsel Robert Mueller's Russia investigation and a convicted child sex predator, 
quietly pleaded guilty last year to involvement in an illegal campaign finance scheme funneling millions of dollars from the United Arab Emirates into Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign. Nader, a Lebanese-American lobbyist, was sentenced to 10 years in prison in June 2020 after pleading guilty to bringing an underage teenage boy to the United States for sex and possessing child pornography. What was not publicly known until recently was that he also pleaded guilty to an illegal foreign donation scheme. Of course, you do not hear about this uh, illegal donation scheme. All you hear about is uh, President Trump's involvement with this man and, of course, uh, the underage teenage boy. The Department of Justice revealed in a December sentencing memo that Nader had pleaded guilty to a single count on July 22, 2020. The court filing says Nader and Ahmed Andy Kawaja, a Los Angeles-based chief executive of Allied Wallet, orchestrated a scheme to funnel over $3.5 million in foreign funds into the 2000 presidential election. The DOJ added that they do not, uh, did, not, um, did so to gain direct access to unsuspecting high-level political figures to further their professional endeavors. Uh, which is, that makes sense, guys, because what we know about uh, Hillary Clinton uh, in particular, and Joe Biden as well, is that their families are all about selling out America or, you know, pay to play, pay for favor. Uh, that's what they do, guys. So uh, this makes sense. It follows the modus operandi of the uh, Democrats, or at least uh, these individuals, these uh, commie sympathizers, these haters of America. Uh, the article goes on to say, um, in the defendant's case, out of a desire, and now, so this isn't uh, this isn't um, Nader we're talking about. Uh, in this case, we're talking about Ahmed Andy Kawaja. Uh, in his case, it was out of a desire to lobby on behalf and advance. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. This is Nader. This is Nader. In the defendant's case, out of a desire to lobby on behalf and advance the interests of his client, the government of the United Arab Emirates. In the case of Ahmed Kawaja's. Uh, it was in the hopes of securing political appointment in the future. So that's what was up with that. Uh, Nadar was indicted in December 2019 for uh, what prosecutors said was his role in a scheme to conceal large sums of illegal campaign contributions to help the Clinton, uh, Clintons in 2016. He was accused of conspiring with Kawaja to conceal the source of more than $3.5 million in campaign contributions to political committees associated with the Clintons. So um, very inter interesting information. Like I said, this information was under a seal by the judges. Um, I think we have a break coming up, guys. So just give me a second on this one, but uh, and we'll continue with this article. But again, all that you hear is, uh, all that you hear is, uh, you know, that uh, President Trump this and President Trump that with Nader, okay? I don't know. Maybe commercials are turned off today. I'm not sure. All right. Well, we'll keep on going. Okay. Uh, so again, sorry guys at Twitch. I'm trying to get the timing on this right. Uh, so that way uh, you guys don't miss out on any information and we'll do a, we'll do a pause when that does run. Uh, but uh, if I have a sudden change of thought, anyone else watching out there, um, I'm not being derailed. I'm just uh, trying to be considerate of those watching over at Twitch. Okay, uh, let's get back into this, guys, so we can uh, get through the rest of our stories for tonight. 
Now, it says here Kawaja gave more than $4 million to Clinton's campaign and other Democrats during the 2016 cycle, but later donated $1 million to President Donald Trump's inaugural committee after Clinton lost. As he shifted his focus to Republicans after the 2016 election, the Lebanese-born Kawaja met with Trump at Manhattan fundraiser and got a photo with the president in the Oval Office. Prosecutors said Nader uh, agreed with them on sentencing guidelines, which would uh, produce a range of 78 to 97 months behind bars, though the DOJ only asked for a 60-month sentence. The DOJ asked for the sentence to run consecutively to the child sex crime sentence. The court docket now shows that the statement of offense and the criminal information against Nader were filed under seal in 2020, charging him with one count of conspiracy to make conduit contributions, cause false statements, and cause false entries in record. Um, the Justice Department said it was a purpose of the conspiracy to facilitate unlawful campaign contributions from Nader through Kawaja to political committees in order to gain access to and influence with Clinton and others during the follow and following the 2016 U.S. presidential election. Prosecutors pointed last month to a July 2016 message from Nader to a senior UAE official in which he said he was catching up with key figures in both camps and developing a steady, consistent, and constructive relationship with both camps. Search warrants unsealed the 2000, uh, in 2019 revealed that the FBI found child pornography in Nader's possession during the Mueller investigation. The warrants alleged that at least a dozen videos containing child pornography were found on his phones, some involving animals and boys as young as two years old. Ladies and gentlemen, I feel like I am going to, I feel like my dinner is going to repeat on itself. Um, Nader was also accused of taking a 14-year-old boy from the Czech Republic to his Washington, D.C. home in 2000 and using him for sex. Two years later, Czech authorities arrested Nader amid allegations that he had sex with underage boys in the Czech Republic between 1999 and 2002. He was convicted in May 2003 of molesting children, according to the search warrants. When law enforcement in the U.S. learned of the 14-year-old boy in 2002, Nader had left the country. The judge ruled in the summer of 2020 that Nader must pay $150,000 in restitution to the victim. Nader also pled guilty or pleaded guilty to a federal pornography charge in 1991 and was sentenced to six months in prison after he was found with two reels of videotape hidden in candy tins when he arrived at the Washington Dulles International Airport. So, I mean, it stands to reason that this guy could be the one that was in that photo with Bill Clinton on Epstein Island, you know? I mean, it, to me, like I said, there was just enough dissimilarity in his appearance that I was like, maybe I shouldn't um, uh, share this photo. But again, um, it, it has been widely touted as being a George Nader and friends with Bill Clinton on Epstein Island. Hanging out. You had a, you had a, you had pasty white Bill Clinton and all of these other uh, guys. I mean, ba based on based on what this guy 
is uh, uh, on his, yeah, on those, his tastes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, based on his tastes, uh, I would say, yeah, it's, it's a possible it was him. And there's the photo there for anyone who has uh, seen, you guys remember this photo. You guys remember this photo. So this guy right here is the one, oh, let me expand that for you all so you can see it better. This guy right here to the left of Clinton under arm, uh, that's the guy they say is George Nader. Uh, you know, I just, I, I, he looks more like Bill Richardson to me than George Nader, honestly. And that is the uh, former uh, uh, New Mexico governor, right? Uh, now, now deceased. Anyways, this the guy looks like Andrew Napolitano. This looks like, uh, this looks like uh, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> just kidding. It's not, I mean, I know that's not Bernie Sanders, but the back of his head looks like Bernie Sanders to me anyways. And that guy looks like uh, that Yang guy from California. Ah, just kidding. I know that's not him. I'm just being silly. Uh, but yeah, that's who they say that guy is in the photo with Bill Clinton. Again, I don't know that to be a fact. Um, some may know that for a fact. I don't, uh, but that is that. I think we're good at, on the rest of this article. It talks about uh, what is known. Oh, no, no, wait, we're not. There's some more vital information in here, guys. I think that we can uh, digest at least um, better than uh, those few paragraphs we just read regarding his uh, ugh, uh, regarding his tastes and, oh my goodness, okay. It says here, the Lebanese-American businessman met with officials and associates of Trump's circle and Russian and Middle Eastern officials in 2016 and 17, and he helped set up a January 2017 in Seychelles uh, between Trump associate and Blackwater founder Eric Prince and a Russian official. Uh, Nader was mentioned more than 100 times in Mueller's 448-page report of the Russian investigation, and he was interviewed by the special counsel team multiple times, including about possible efforts from the United Arab Emirates to influence members of Trump's campaign. But they don't ask him anything about trying to influence the Clinton campaign, do they? Right? Uh, does Mueller once mention that in his report? Uh, Mueller did not establish any criminal collusion. Obviously, that was the outcome of that entire fiasco, uh, collusion between Trump and the Kremlin. Okay. So there you have it. The FBI claims it did not discover that his... Okay, we don't want to talk about the child porn anymore. I'm done with that uh, entire, ugh, entire thing. Uh, so, you know, these guys, uh, whether or not he was on Epstein Island with Bill Clinton... Um, they, they clearly run in, in the same circles. These people kind of back each other up, right? Uh, so now we're looking at the case of, uh, Alan Dershowitz. How is Alan Dershowitz connected to this, uh, this Nader guy? Now, um, yeah, I would agree, Texas gal, he should have been locked up for life, but they only gave him 10 years. So they only gave this guy 10 years. And then guess what Dershowitz tries to do? Ladies and gentlemen, Dershowitz tries to uh, commute this guy's sentence. He lobbies to commute this guy's sentence. Now, obviously, uh, we've all heard the tales about uh, Alan Dershowitz, uh, you know, uh, uh, whispering in the ears of President Trump when we're talking about, uh, you know, for, forgiving them um, or pardoning them, I guess would be the correct political or, uh, you know, presidential way of putting it. Because uh, apparently they say that Alan Dershowitz uh, was singing to President Trump about uh, pardoning Ghislaine Maxwell. 
Well, I mean, Alan Dershowitz denies it. We read the article here a few shows ago. Uh, but now it comes out that uh, Alan Dershowitz is trying to uh, to uh, to lobby to get this guy's sentence removed. Uh, so I don't know. It sounds like there's kind of a pattern going on here with Alan Dershowitz and pedophiles, right? Known and convicted pedophiles. Alan Dershowitz just seems to be the guy to get them off the hook. Uh, Dershowitz guy, don't look good for you. Uh, and we know that Dershowitz has uh, his own legal uh, comeuppance on the horizon with the, the Virginia Roberts Jufree trial, uh, defamation trial. I should clarify, uh, that is coming up soon. I'm sure we don't have a date on that yet, but, uh, so Dershowitz does that. Uh, I'm not making this up. Let's the, ah, where'd you come from? This is not what I had next, but that is what is coming up next. What do I have here? Le okay. Let me jump back to Dershowitz. It's probably in my notes. Uh, let me see here real quick. What do my notes sayeth? Oh, my notes sayeth that, uh, the Middle Eastern Eye, which is a, uh, a news agency, well, uh, they got their uh, information from the New York Times. The New York Times being the root article here, but uh, it's hidden beneath a paywall. So uh, the Middle East Eye reports in regards to Alan Dershowitz and uh, this Nader guy, George Nader, uh, they said that lawyer Alan Dershowitz helped craft a proposal for the release of convicted pedophile and businessman George Nader from prison so that he could be sent to the United Arab Emirates to molest more boys. Just kidding. That's not what the New York Times and the Middle East I said. What they did say is that it was so that George Nader could be sent to the United Arab Emirates to help in diplomatic talks, according to report by the New York Times. According to the report... Dershowitz told Nader's representatives that he had reached out to officials in the United States and the Israeli governments to see if they would support the commuting of his 10-year sentence for possessing child pornography and sex trafficking a minor if he would help negotiate what would become the Israeli-United Arab Emirates normalization deal. Whatever that was, guys. But uh, why is it that they're always trying to get these child rapists off of the hook, guys? Why is it that they are always... It's like, why do they tend to forgive the sins of those who defile our children? I don't get that. I mean, I get it, guys, when you think about uh, who's really running these things and uh, the kind of people that they surround themselves with, you know? I mean... If you think about it, guys, I mean, it doesn't take that many of them. It doesn't take that many of them to pull off all the schemes that they have worldwide. You need like what? 10,000 satanic uh, Satan worshiping pedophiles in, uh, in key positions to rule the world. That's all you need. 10,000 of them. Place them all around the world in key positions. And there you have it. They're running industry. They're running politics. They're running, uh, they're running entertainment. They're running business. They're all working together. They all collude with each other through uh, back channels and hidden wires and, uh, and uh, symbology, sacred symbology, right? Uh, well, I mean, the only thing that we can rest assured from that notion, guys, is that uh, there are a whole lot more of us out there than there are of them. 
so let's use that as our rock and pivot towards defeating these guys because that is the path that we are on right now as we speak. 123SKG, Virginia Jufree and Dershowitz um, are involved. Indeed, they are. They are. And uh, Dershowitz, uh, as a lawyer, he, he knows very well to deny, deny, deny everything and hope that something will come up that will deter that trial. So, they yeah, they have a defamation trial, Virginia Roberts, Jufree versus Alan Dershowitz, on the horizon, uh, we will follow that as soon as it uh, hits the courtrooms, guys. But right now, he's just uh, doing everything he can to try and get out of it. Well, so there you have it, guys. Like I said, if it wasn't uh, George Nader on Epstein Island with Bill Clinton, it's definitely George Nader in cahoots with uh, Alan Dershowitz or Dershowitz here. You know, maybe that guy with the bald head, maybe that was Dershowitz, the one that we couldn't see in that photo. I don't know. What do you guys think? anything's possible right no telling how old that photo was all right guys next story for tonight uh quick discussion and uh updates about the uh colleyville synagogue shooter or hostage taker uh as you guys know whilst we were uh whilst we were preoccupied with our uh president trump save america rally in arizona on saturday we start hearing a breaking news about a hostage situation in Colleyville, Texas, which is uh, near the Dallas area, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, what do we got going on here? We have a synagogue. We have worshipers um, uh, gathered together uh, for their sacred rights to um, worship and pray and, uh, you know, uh, you garner and strengthen that religious and that spiritual connection. And it's disrupted by a, uh, it's disrupted by uh, a, a, well, I would say a terrorist, guys. Now, many of the social streams, uh, and I'm not on many of them, but those that I am on, uh, people on there talking about, you know, this, this clearly was related to anti-Semitism, right? Uh, what has come out about this man is that uh, he was Pakistani. Uh, he was uh, Islamist and he was a United Kingdom citizen. Okay, that is what has come out. Now, at some point, the FBI was denying that this had anything to do with anti-Semitism, which is outright. I mean, he he targeted a synagogue, ladies and gentlemen, where people of the Jewish faith were worshiping. Uh, he could have gone to a mall. He could have gone to a school. Thank God he didn't do any of those. But I mean, I'm not saying thank God that he went to a synagogue either. What I am saying is that I think it, there's probably a correlation between, uh, um, you know, uh, the known uh, regards that, uh, you know, Islamic extremists have towards the Jewish faith and people. Okay, so let's kind of get that out of the way. Uh, but uh, a real quick recap on what was going down. We can turn over to the pages of the New York Post. Uh, where they talk about this uh, this um, incident that happened this past Saturday. Prayers answered after synagogue hostages rescued suspect dead in Colleyville, Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, let's check this out. It says hostages at a Texas synagogue were safely rescued and the hostage taker was dead Saturday night after holding a rabbi and his congregants for nearly half a day. 
uh, with demands that U.S. authorities re release a convicted terrorist known as Lady Al-Qaeda. So that was the first thing right there, guys. Like, uh, this guy goes and holds them hostage so that he can have the release of a convicted terrorist known as Lady Al-Qaeda. Okay. Uh, we'll skip over whatever Governor Abbott had to say. Um, and uh, we'll continue. It says, uh, minutes after an elite FBI hostage rescue team that was flown in from Virginia entered the congregation Beth Israel in Colleyville, FBI Special Agent Matt DeSarno said in a press release, uh, uh, that was at 9.30 p.m. Now, it was unclear how the unidentified suspect who claimed to have a bomb died, but uh, flashbangs and gunshots were heard as a SWAT team stormed the house of worship more than 10 hours after the suspect took control in the house of worship. Uh, the hostage taker demanded the release of Pakistani neuroscientist Aifa Siddiqui, who was convicted in Manhattan federal court in 2010 of trying to kill U.S. authorities in Afghanistan and claimed to be her brother. Uh, there's some images there from uh, the scene in Colleyville that uh, we're going through on the screen. There is probably, I believe that's the... Uh, the SWAT team members. He also phoned a New York City rabbi in a bizarre bid for help, according to sources, but was singularly focused on one issue, and it was not specifically related to the Jewish community, according to DeSarno. Uh, the feds were tight-lipped about specifics of Saturday's rescue mission and would not say if the suspect was armed with explosives, but said the outcome would not have ended well without a long day of work by nearly 200 officers from across the region. Police were in constant communication with the suspect, Colleyville Police Chief Michael Miller said, and were encouraged when he released a male hostage from the synagogue in good condition around 5 p.m. At some point Saturday afternoon, the hostage taker who was caught on the, who was caught on the synagogue's live stream, angrily ranting about religion and claiming to have explosives, forced Congregation Beth Israel Rabbi Charlie Crichton, uh, Kytron Walker uh, to place a call to Manhattan Central Synagogue, a law enforcement told the Post. The man demanded to speak to Rabbi Angela uh, uh, Bookdahl and asked her to use her influence to help get Siddiqui released from uh, before claiming to have a bomb. Uh, Bookdahl called 9-11, or 9-1-1, sorry, the source said. It's unclear what connection, if any, the 49-year-old Bookdahl has to the Siddiqui case. A representative for Central Synagogue called the situation in Texas a very sad and scary situation, but declined to comment on the call. The NYPD and the Texas event had no nexus to New York City. That we know of right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so here it talks about this uh, Pakistani terrorist that's behind bars. Siddiqui is currently serving an 86-year prison sentence at the Federal Medical Center, Carswell, in nearby Fort Worth, according to public records. The feds claimed the MIT-trained Aifi Siddiqui was an Al-Qaeda associate when she was arrested in 2008, carrying handwritten plans for a radioactive dirty bomb along with a list of New York landmarks. A representative for Mohammed Siddiqui, a terrorist, the terrorist's brother, said he was nothing. He has nothing to do with the incident. A lawyer who once represented him confirmed her client was not the person holding hostages in Texas. So this guy claims to have been her brother, 
wanted her released. So, um, I don't know. It says, whoever it is, they're not the biological brother of Afai Siddiqui. Annette Lemoureux the, told the Post, nothing uh, noting it's common practice in Islam to refer to people as one's brother or sister. Afai Siddiqui also has no connection to the hostage incident. Her own attorney insisted... And uh, so, well, there you have that. That's what's going on. That was what happened in Colleyville. Uh, the incident began at 10.30 a.m. Texas time. Um, and uh, it was over by 9.30 p.m., 10 p.m. that night, ladies and gentlemen. So new information coming in about this from Breitbart. Texas terrorist was banned from the United Kingdom court after ranting about 9-11 threatening staff says the report let's check this out guys um and it goes on to say here the texas synagogue terrorist british muslim malik faisal akram was allegedly banned from a united kingdom court 20 years ago after being declared a menace for threatening staff and raving about the september 11th terror attacks according to reporting unearthed by a british tabloid Malik Fasal Akram, 44, a British national formerly of Blackburn, Lancashire, was shot dead after taking four hostages at the Congregation Beth Israel Synagogue in Colleyville, Texas on Saturday. According to the Daily Mail, which uncovered a report from September 22, 2001, from Lancashire, the Lancashire Telegraph, a man named Fasail Akram was banned from a local court in Blackburn after threatening court staff and ranting about the September 11th terror attacks that claimed the lives of thousands of Americans. The Lancashire Telegraph reported at the time that Fasail uh, Akram received a letter from Deputy Justice Clerk Peter Wells saying, once again, you are threatening and abusive towards court staff. In a clear reference to the terrorist attack on New York the previous day, you said on more than one occasion to one of my court ushers, you should have been on the blank plane. This caused a great deal of distress to an individual who was simply doing his job and should not be subjected to your foul abuse. So, uh, I mean, one begs the question, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this guy, I mean, what, what is with this guy, you know? So, uh, what is, uh, I mean, I'd be like, what is driving this animus other than the obvious? You know what I mean? Like, uh, what would be driving an animus other than the obvious? What is causing him... Uh, to act out in this way when there's thousands of other Muslims in the United Kingdom that are not threatening people. Why is Fasail Akram threatening people? You know, and then why does he then show up 20 years later in America, okay, and, uh, and, and hold a synagogue under hostage, as hostage, in an attempt, uh, which I'm pretty sure he knew it, it would, nothing would come of it, uh, to release a convicted terrorist from prison. Um, it doesn't make any sense, guys. Uh, like, I don't, it, it, does not, some, it just does not add up. You know, we were just trying to enjoy our Save America rally on Saturday and we have this breaking, you know, and thank goodness, uh, you know, uh, there was no one hurt. If I'm uh, reading that correctly. Again, this article talks about uh, his call for the release of Afai Siddiqui, a Pakistani national who is currently serving an 86-year sentence for attempting to kill United States military officers. Oh, you know? Okay, so it says that uh, she had connections to the 9-11 terrorist group, uh, uh, and they called her Lady Al-Qaeda. Okay? 
so uh, let's see, Counter Terror, um, oh, let me expand that, sorry guys. Counter Terror Policing Division in Northwest England is currently uh, liaising with American law enforcement authorities in the investigation. So far, two teenagers have been detained in South Manchester as part of the investigation. The teenagers currently remain anonymous with the police force yet to release their identities. So one more article in this regard as far as information on this guy. Again, also from Breitbart, Texas synagogue attacker was known to the United Kingdom Security Service MI5, judged as a no risk. Okay, judged as a no risk. Ladies and gentlemen, what the heck was this guy doing in America? Okay, um, and, and why was he a no risk on their radar? Good questions, right? Good questions. Uh, let's see here. W.C. Cranop says he's a known convicted criminal and HTF did this uh, dirt bag fly into... Oh, how? Oh, HT, I get it. Well, we'll talk about how he got into the States. We have that uh, info here. Um, and uh, let's see here. Yeah, that is the question. You know, Special Patriot 72, good evening. How did this guy get into our country? Um, no, goodness. Uh, <laughs> One two three SKG. Yeah, she uh, she never she never reneged on that. By the way. Uh, so yeah, that is a uh, yeah that is a good question. Let's finish up with this, guys. We might have a commercial coming up in a few minutes. I don't know what's going on with the commercial system over there at Twitch now. Sometimes they go, sometimes they don't. It says United Kingdom citizen Malik Fasail Akram, who had a known history of extreme behavior stretching back over 20 years, was known to British spy agency MI5, but had been judged as no longer posing a threat to the public in 2020, reports in UK media claim. Malik Fasail Akram, 44, flew to the United States after Christmas 2021 and weeks later took hostages at the Congregation Beth Israel Synagogue in Colleyville, Texas. He was shot dead by law enforcement officials at the scene. Yet questions remain unanswered over how Akram was able to travel and gain access to a handgun given his long history of extremist behavior. Just a day after it was revealed that Akram was barred from a UK courthouse just days after 9-11 for threatening staff and making comments about the attacks, it is now reported in UK broadsheet The Daily Telegraph that the Muslim male had been investigated by a British spy agency a little more than a year ago. Quoting an unnamed source, the government-adjacent newspaper reported that Malik Akram was known to MI5 and was the subject of a short lead, in, short lead investigation in 2020, short lead. The investigation was opened in the second part of 2020 and was closed shortly afterwards with an assessment that there was no indication he presented a terrorist threat at that time. This means it is claimed that although the agency received information about Ahram, he was not considered of sufficient interest to pass the threshold for a full investigation. The paper notes that MI5, Britain's domestic intelligence agency, did not even know Ahram had traveled to the United States when he did and will now, it is claimed, assess how they came to misinterpret the danger he posed. That the perpetrator of the Texas terror attack was known by MI5, but not well investigated or dismissed as a low priority, has become a regular feature in the aftermath of such attacks in recent years in the United Kingdom. Okay? 
And so uh, the article then goes on to give such examples. Uh, of course, you know, there are no-go zones in the United Kingdom where you don't want to be. Uh, we've heard many stories about... Uh, we've heard many stories about... Uh, what is the name of that one fellow um, who's trying to stop the child rape gangs over there in the United Kingdom? And uh, they're all of a certain ethnicity, guys. Um, and that is just what they do... And I'm not making an excuse for them, but what I am trying to say is, it, uh, who are we to blame for reporting the facts, ladies and gentlemen, when it is individuals of certain ethnicity that participate in that type of activity, you know? And that is very real over there. You don't go into certain neighborhoods in the United Kingdom because they've made it uh, very easy uh, for individuals who have no respect for uh, the country that they're in, for the people of that country, or for that country's laws. And they go and do such things, you know, as that, okay? Uh, and we'll leave that there. Uh, but in more examples here, for example, they're talking about the Manchester Arena bombing at the Ariana Grande concert. Salman Abedi, okay? MI5 knew about him. It still happened. Uh, the Islamist Westminster attack, also known by MI5, but considered a peripheral figure. So it's almost like they're off the hook, right? Or off, off the, uh, yeah, they, they get off the hook, right? For, for anything that they are doing. And then what happens? They go and they, uh, they, they, they bomb an arena or they kill, you know, uh, an elected representative, albeit it was there in the United Kingdom. And now we have this guy who comes to America and uh, he uh, holds up a synagogue in the name of releasing a convicted terrorist. Um, now, now, Malik Ahfasel Akram, uh, it is reported by officials, arrived in the United States at Kennedy Airport in New York on a tourist visa about two and a half weeks ago. And that is all that is known as far as him coming into America. And it's a good thing that officials reported on that because, you know, my first thought here was uh, that he flew over with all the refugees from Afghanistan since none of them were vetted, you know, none of them were vetted. And uh, I, I probably would have gone into uh, some long diatribe about how uh, we should expect these type of attacks to continue to happen in our country. Uh, lone wolf, uh, you know, uh, a single shooter, you know, uh, terrorist rampage. Um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting some information in the news about this still. I've also heard uh, uh, I've also heard uh, s stories to the effect that this was a false flag. Um, I don't know what it would have been a false flag for. Um, uh, but again, you know, why was this guy so intent on releasing a convicted terrorist? He had to have known that nothing would have bore fruit out of that attempt, okay? Uh, because like I said, people are, people, some people are saying it was false flag. For what? I'm not sure. Maybe to, uh, to pass more gun laws? Maybe to uh, cast an eye further on the activities of our uh, intelligence agencies? You know? Uh, but there was an interesting story that came out of the Gateway Pundit in regards to how the FBI handled the situation, uh, they say that FBI violated their own protocol when they, uh, they killed this man. And, and there's some other things in regards to what happened there.
The C Report is 100% listener-supported. If you enjoy the broadcasting that we bring to you with The C Report and other shows on this podcasting platform, we ask that listeners lend their support. Become a monthly donor when you go to anchor.fm slash the C Report slash support or click on the support button over there at the anchor.fm slash the C Report website where you can help sustain future episodes of the C Report and other broadcasting on this podcast station. Every bit helps, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, I thank you for your support. So um, uh, what, what does this article say from the Gateway Pundit? Let's check that out. It says, oh, thank you, Relanon. Tommy Robinson, that's the guy who is over in uh, the United Kingdom trying to protect the children and the families from these gangs uh, that are, are trying to rape children. And uh, goodness, guys, that's, that takes some guts, what that guy's doing over there. So uh, W.C. Cranop says, uh, false flag, you think, to clog the news cycle while Trump's rally was going. You know, that's my thought. That's actually a thought that I had, too. I mean, it, it started in the morning. Uh, headlines were breaking about uh, afternoon to evening. Um, and uh, I, clearly they don't want people paying attention to this Trump rally, you know. But, uh, you know, everyone out there would be like, ah, yeah. Yeah, right-wing extremist, uh, MAGA, MAGAT, right? Is that what they call call Trump supporters too? And uh, and uh, you know, just just uh, just uh, utilizing a tragedy to uh, to shine a light on your own political, you know, uh, love affair for President Trump. So I mean, I, I would think that too. I would think that too. It was uh, perhaps it was uh, something of that nature, you know where they're, they're trying to distract everyone from what's going on in Arizona. You know, I mean, there's so much about Arizona and so much, you know, uh, hearsay and, and water cooler talk and speculation and stuff like that. Yeah, it'd be an interesting conversation to have with some of you guys. Maybe we'll do it in the dark sometime. Uh, or maybe we'll do, a, I don't know, a Hello, Mr. C show where we talk about, we just talk shop about what we think was going on there. Because I haven't, I have not gotten into any of the... Uh, decodes or uh any of the uh, i don't know things that i haven't even looked at anything about it hey poon slayer how's it going good evening thanks for popping into the chat room tonight let me say hello to anyone else tam Gurrell, hello if you're still hanging out thanks for joining us this evening thank you all for being with us here tonight at the sea report as we go through some of this information uh, i got uh what do i got for you guys uh i got uh one more story for you guys before we let you go for the night. But again, your presence and your attendance is appreciated as always here at uh, the Mr. C channel, Mr. C TV. Uh, but let's, uh, let's finish up with this. Let's, let's find out because actually when we're talking about this being a false flag, this, uh, this article here from the gateway pundit, uh, it kind of goes to support that, uh, that gut feeling, you know, that theory about, uh, uh, this being a possible false flag, because again, this wasn't her sister, 
Alright, this wasn't this, this, this uh, terrorist's brother, I apologize. Um, and uh, he had to have known that this, there would be, n nothing would have come from this attempt to free her. I mean, really? Really, uh, Akrim? You really think you're going to be successful at getting a terrorist free from prison by uh, holding a synagogue hostage? It, 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 see, it doesn't add up. This adds to that, uh, to that, um, to that, uh, that thought. Why did the FBI violate protocol and launch SWAT assault after all hostages escaped? So uh, this is written by, um, let me see if I have the name of the man here. No, no, no. I don't have the name of the man here. Let me jump out of this uh, screen here. So it's written by Larry Johnson. Okay, and this is someone uh, who used to work with the FBI. So this is who's writing this article. This article is written from his perspective. So it says, let me make it clear up front that I have no problem with killing a terrorist, but the death of Malik Akram, who had been holding four hostages at a synagogue north of Dallas does not make sense. The FBI hostage rescue team did not follow the standard operating procedure for conducting an assault. I have more than 35 years experience with counterterrorism and police training. I was the deputy director of the anti-terrorism assistance training program when, when I was at the Department of State. There is a checklist that SWAT teams follow in evaluating a threat and deciding on a course of action. When you have a hostage incident, the prime objective is to end the situation peacefully with no harm to the hostages. If the hostage taker escalates the threat to the hostages or begins to physically harm them, that should trigger an assault. But if the hostages escape and are no longer in jeopardy, and there are no other civilians at risk, there is no need to put the lives of SWAT officers in danger by conducting an armed assault. Anytime you are firing automatic weapons and using flashbang grenades in a confined space, the good guys can be wounded or killed. Using force is a last resort when all other options are closed. The movie Joe Hoff posted, now Joe Hoff being uh, one of the Hoff twins that... Uh, run the gateway pundit and by movie i think he means the video that they aired showing um uh, the moments before the assault so uh, the the writer states the movie joe Hoff posted this morning of the immediate moments before the assault was launched shows the hostages running from the building you also see the failed hostage taker poke his head out the door with a pistol in his hand Malik Akram was now alone in the synagogue. There was no need to kill him and put the lives of the HRT at risk. The FBI needs to do some splaining. So we have a break in protocol here, right? That is questioned by a man with experience and training in this field. So why did uh, they break protocol is a good question. Uh, like it was pointed out, we had a team from Virginia fly in to handle this hostage situation. Um, and they shot him dead. So was it to keep this man from talking? Was it even, uh, you know, Malik Akram? Or was it um, um, a terrorist who uh, got in on the plane uh, with Afghanistan and all these supposed refugees that are unvetted. And do we, in fact, uh, uh, 
need to look forward to more incidents of these lone wolf Muslim or Islamist terrorists running amok in this country. Um, kind of uh, the idea of what they claimed was going on over in, uh, in uh, um, Kashistan comes to mind. They said it was all of these uh, trained Islamist terrorists that were uh, in, infusing themselves and embedding themselves into the protesters, and they were the ones running amok. And in fact, I have other articles about that that kind of supports that. Um, but we're not talking about catch and stand tonight. I'm just saying as an example of what their government said they witnessed and experienced, all of these uh, armed uh, uh, terrorist people um, using the cover of the protest to do what they're doing. Anyways, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay, guys? I'm just saying. Uh, but... Um, Aurelius Locke says to tie up loose ends and cover up their handiwork. Right? I mean, uh, right? What, but I don't know. Uh, we can speculate on this, you know, all that we want, but we know that something isn't right about the entire situation, including the entire premise of why this guy held these people hostage to begin with. Okay? The entire premise that he wanted them to release a known terrorist... I mean, like I, I keep saying, he had to have known that nothing would have gone his way in that situation for that, you know? I don't know. I don't know, guys. Uh, you know, when, when we were watching, uh, when we were doing our watch party for uh, the President Trump rally in Arizona, that was what my thought was. Oh, look, distract everyone from what's happening in Arizona. But, I mean, what was supposed to happen that day also? I know we had our wishes and our desires, right? We wanted President Trump to out, uh, you know, the, the deep state globalists. I don't know. Maybe that's what they were expecting. Maybe that's why President Trump came on without a tie on. That is a story for another day, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, we're going on to our last story theme for the night. Because we, uh, we got a couple of articles underneath the title of this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has to do with elections, guys. We're getting back to elections. We started with elections. We're going to end with elections and election law. Uh, because, you know, uh, with this entire H.R. 5746, we see the Democrats, the communist sympathizers, the globalist puppets keep trying to get on paper election laws, uh, anti-suppression laws passed, right? They keep what they, they are a wily, tenacious group in regards to this theory, uh, this theory, this, this topic. And, uh, this was one of the election promises that, uh, Biden said, ah, we will have election, election laws passed that, uh, make it impossible for Republicans to suppress the vote of minorities is what they're promising. Okay. Um, but, uh, with that, you know, we have this entire fraud and theft of the 2020 elections. We have this entire false flag set up at the Capitol to further push that narrative, to demonize patriots and those who really love this country, to demonize a president that they don't want in office again because they, they know they, their number is up, guys. They are on a straight trajectory to lose in 2024 and to lose a lot in 2022. And let me tell you what, guys, I'm on, the, I'm on, I'm in the same boat as you all. I do not want to uh, get to 
the elections, which are coming up pretty quick this year and to 2024 without securing 2021st on paper, in the books, a done deal. Fraud was found. Let us all acknowledge the truth. And so we have the J6 committee. Uh, and even though they do not want to look into why uh, over a million Americans showed up on the front lawn of the Capitol and the White House, even though they don't want to look into why so many people were there to protest and stand in solidarity with President Trump in defining the actions of the uh, Capitol, the, uh, uh, the representatives and Senate that we don't agree with uh, with the way this went down. There's too much that is to be questioned. We cannot certify these elections, and don't you dare certify those electors. So the J6 Unselect Committee is not looking into that, but now they're finally shifting their focus just a little bit off of President Trump and who is singing in his ear as if though they had some type of authority to command this man and his decisions. Uh, now they're looking at, they're actually looking at the 2020 election. These people in J6, they have found a new way to attack election integrity. They have found a new way to attack those who oppose what the uh, Democrats were doing on January 6th. And January, yeah, January 6th, they have found a new way to uh, a new angle to get at them, guys. They have found a new angle, guys, a new battle plan, a new attack. And that, ladies and gentlemen, has to do with the electors for 2020 election. Now, the media is already running away with this, ladies and gentlemen, what we know to be alternate slates of electors that were drafted up and signed in the event that the courts would actually listen to the evidence that was presented to them, the affidavits that were signed and presented to them, and uphold constitutional law, or at least delay a decision until a proper investigation was performed, we had alternate slates of electors. You all remember the story, right? In fact, um, you know, the story out of Arizona, and that was uh, Mark Fincham, guys, who is now currently running for Secretary of State in Arizona, who's an America First uh, candidate. Um, you know, he shared the story about his experience with January 6th. And he was on the Capitol grounds to deliver the alternate slate of electors to the floor um, and, and to oppose the vote to certify uh, these fraudulent electors. Well, now, here's the big spin on it. And this is what they're talking about in the mainstream media, lamestream, fake, fake stream, shame stream, legacy media, guys, is that those alternate slates of electors were, in fact, not alternate they were fake electors, and it was forged documents. And they're going to use this, guys, in order to uh, open up an investigation per the FBI and to indict people and to charge people and to convict people of election forgery and election fraud. This is... Uh, 
This is a pretty nasty story here, guys. And uh, to prove to you guys how nasty it is, we're actually going to look at the nastiest of nastiest enemy publications. Uh, and uh, so uh, that comes from here, uh, CNN guys, because uh, you know they all get their uh, they all get their talking points and their points of action from the likes of CNN. Now, admittedly, uh, the first one to really, besides the J6 committee, open up on this. Uh, was uh, Dana Nacelle, the AG of Michigan, who would have uh, figured, right? Of course she would. Uh, blowing her horn on Rachel Maddow's show, Rachel Madcow. And then CNN picks up the torch. So um, I understand if uh, some of you guys feel a little bit sick while, sick while I read this article to you all, but let's see what angles they're using against the American people and uh, the integrity of our elections. This is what they're saying. Trump allies fake electoral college certificates offer fresh insights about plot to overturn Biden's victory. Keeping in mind, these were alternate slates of electors, guys. But that's not what they're going to say. Can I get this on a... Okay, I can't. So let's just expand it. Okay. So it says, in the weeks after the 2020 election, then-President Donald Trump's allies sent fake certificates to the National Archives declaring that Trump won seven states that he actually lost. The documents had no impact on the outcome, um, but they are yet another example of how Team Trump tried to subvert the Electoral College. So they're trying to flip everything on its head here. They're trying to, uh, they're trying to say that this was part of the insurrection. They're going to use this as ammo. The fake certificates were created by Trump allies in Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Nevada, and New Mexico among the most highly contested states for fraud who sought to replace valid presidential electors from their states with a pro-Trump slate, according to documents obtained by American Oversight. The documents contain the signature of Trump supporters who claim to be the rightful electors from seven states that President Joe Biden won, but these rogue slates of electors did not have the backing of any elected officials in the seven states like a governor or a secretary of state who are involved in certifying election results and they served no legitimate purpose. The documents were first posted online in March by the government watchdog group, but they received renewed attention this week as the January 6th unselect committee ramps up its investigation into Trump, Trump's attempted coup, including how his allies tried to stop states from certifying Biden's victory in part by installing friendly slates of electors who'd return the will of the voters. So it goes on to talk about these rogue slates of electors. They're alternate slates, guys. As part of the electoral college process, governors are required to sign a formal certificate of ascertainment, verifying that statewide winners' slates of electors are legitimate electors. These electors then sign a second certificate, formally affirming their votes for president. Uh, these documents are sent to the National Archives in Washington, D.C., which processes them before they are sent on to Congress, which formally counts the elector votes on January 6th. 
The real certificates, which have been posted uh, to the National Archive website, correctly stated that uh, illegitimate joke Pedo Joe won the seven battleground states. They also list the legitimate group of electors from each state rather than the rogue or the alternate pro-Trump slate included on the unofficial documents. Some of the fake certificates with pro-Trump electors were sent to the National Archives by top officials representing the Republican parties in each state, according to the document. They sent these fake certificates, which were alternate electors, uh, after Trump himself failed to block governors from signing the real certificates. Uh, and then it, ta- it talks about how he contacted Georgia and Arizona governors at that time. Um, let's see here. Installing slates of alternate electors was an integral part of the ill-fated plan conceived by Trump's uh, allies to usurp power on January 6th by pressuring Vice, Prin- uh, Vice President Mike Pence to throw out the pro-Biden electors that had been chosen by voters. Bull quacha, ladies and gentlemen. And you see how they put alternate electors. So they're trying to diffuse what is known as truth to uh, amplify their own case against President Trump. It is uh, pretty disgusting, but this is their new attack, ladies and gentlemen. This is their new focus. This is their new pathway to uh, uh, trying to uh, prevent President Trump from assuming office again. What are we going to get? A third impeachment or what? That's where it kind of seems like they're trying to go. Mr. Pete, thank you for gifting the cookie over there in uh, the foxhole and the pill.net. Much appreciated. Uh, Let's see what we got here. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the face of a traitor. She's got to go. She's she's part of the Weird Sisters, the Wretched Three. That is uh, Michigan's Wretched Gretchen Whitmer, uh, Wretched Jocelyn Benson, and Wretched Dana Nassau, the uh, current AG of the state of Michigan. She got to go. If you're in the state of Michigan, Matthew DiPerno, that's the way to go, guys. Constitutional lawyer, uh, fighter for election integrity, um, watchdog against election fraud and shenanigans. But Dana Nassell, you know, we have the J6 committee that is investigating this, right? But Dana Nassell of Michigan, she is referring this case to the FBI. She wants further investigations. She further weaponizes. She adds more animus behind the story of alternate electors that were provided. Because after all, we know in those highly contested states that definite fraud occurred. We have here an article from uh, CBS Detroit. And it says here... A.G. Nacelle expands on why, why feds should probe fake GOP electors. And that is the lingo you are going to hear from the mainstream, mainstream fake news, legacy media, fake or forged or fraudulent electors. Because we all know that those words mean a whole lot more than alternate electors. Uh, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nassell expanded Tuesday on why she believes it's better for federal authorities to criminally investigate 16 Republicans who falsely claimed they were Michigan's presidential electors. GOP officials in seven states submitted electoral college certificates despite Democrat pedo Joe Biden 
defeating then-President Donald Trump in their states with two slates, adding a, cave- uh, adding a caveat saying it was being done in case they were later recognized as electors. In five states, however, including Michigan, Republicans dishonestly certified that they were their state's duly elected and qualified electors, Nacelle said. From a jurisdictional standpoint, she said the Justice Department can determine if there was a multi-state conspiracy. So now she's going to try and use RICO against the Patriots when in fact the multi-state conspiracy that is in fact multinational was done by the Democrats and these communist sympathizers and these globalist, elitist, filth, transhumanist, satanic baby eaters. Guys, have we not said before in the past that uh, the masters of projection are these people. This is case in point. The masters of projection, those who cast their own sins on the souls of others in an attempt to devoid themselves of any responsibility, accountability, or wrong, the Democrats, the progressives, the communist sympathizers, the socialist scum... They who want to destroy this country and defy the will of the American people, projecting their own sins upon the innocent. Another shining example of what they do. The article continues, Nacelle, a Democrat who referred the matter to U.S. prosecutors last week after a nearly year-long review, cited potential difficulties for her office interviewing people outside Michigan or using subpoena powers to bring them to the state. She also noted that she attended the Electoral College ceremony inside the state capitol in December 2020 when the uh, real electors cast their votes for Biden after the certification of his 154,000 vote victory, all of which we have no idea where those people came from. You know, I bet only 81 people voted for him. I, you know, goodness. Um, She says, uh, I have some concerns about being called as a witness in this case, Nacelle told reporters in a Zoom call. She again alleged that state crimes were committed, but said the case isn't specific to Michigan. So she's more concerned about this than uh, all of the um, all of the things that happened in her own state. Of course, she doesn't care. Of course, she doesn't care about it. Uh. The goal, she said, should be to find out who put them up to this. Is this part of a bigger conspiracy at play in order to undermine the legitimate results of the 2020 presidential election? Not just in Michigan, but nationally. We had uh, on record, uh, what, CISA, uh, the National uh, uh, National Council of State Legislatures. We had um, uh, the Center for Tech and Civic Life. We had... Uh, All of these people in Dominion working together. I mean, okay, guys, you read part five of Devolution. And it talks about how they all colluded together. We read the report from Representative Rantham at Wisconsin that also linked all of these agencies together. Okay. Then we have uh, um, even, even the printing company that Arizona and Georgia both used to print their ballots was included in that piece that worked together with all of these other private entities, businesses, 
as uh, those who were to uh, uh, ensure the security of the elections and ensure that everything went down okay at their at their at their uh, advisement around the country, then not to mention all of the like types of fraud that occurred. Not the same in every state, but a lot very similar. And yet they want to foist a Rico on the Patriots. She's got some scones, guys. The goal, should, uh, the goal, she said, should be to find out who put them up to this. Is this part of a bigger conspiracy at play in order to undermine the legitimate results of the 2020 presidential election? I already read that. It's going to involve interviews um, in other states, and it's going to involve possible prosecutions in other states. And she simply doesn't have the jurisdiction over that. So that is Dana Nacelle. She's taken it to another level. Another another attack coming this way. What do we got next? Because again, this is in seven of the states, right, that were mentioned, uh, including uh, five of the most highly contested. Um, so then from, uh, let's see, what do we have here? From um, the Lancaster Online Journal. Uh, there is a saving grace for two of these states because they thought to include the verbiage that would alleviate them of any possible prosecution, Pennsylvania being one of them. Uh, headline here says, uh, Pennsylvania Republicans hedged language that may have saved them from prosecution over electoral vote scheme. Alternate electors, guys. Alternate electors. Let's see here. An effort by former President Donald Trump's campaign's legal team to get Republicans in key swing states to send alternate... Oh, guys, we got a commercial break over at, uh, over at uh, Twitch. So uh, that's why I'm breaking right now. We also got a troll over there at Twitch too, it looks like. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, we got a troll. We got a live and active troll. They've been watching the show the entire time, y'all. Oh, sorry. Uh, allow me to show you my face while we're on break here. Uh, we got three seconds left, guys. Ooh, we actually had a commercial. Sorry about that, y'all. Okay, we're back, guys. We're back. I'm curious. Where is it picking up here? Okay, yeah, we're back. We're back. We're back. All right. Okay. Sorry about that, Twitch. We did put a pause on the story while we were in that break. And now let's get back to the article. Uh, it says here, uh, okay, so we know this stuff, uh, attempt by Trump, yada, yada, yada. J6 committee doesn't care about why people were there uh, in, uh, in Washington, D.C. Doesn't care about uh, Ray Epps or any of that stuff, even though supposedly, I guess now he's going uh, to, uh, to be questioned, okay? Uh, again, Oversight America Group, let's get to the uh, Pennsylvania part. Okay, so Republican electors in two other states, Pennsylvania and Nevada, hedged the language on their certificates to say they'd cast their votes for Trump only if his election challenges succeeded in the courts. That small distinction could spare Trump electors in those two states the legal trouble potentially facing their counterparts in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, and Wisconsin. The electoral votes from those seven states, all of which President Joe Biden won, would have been more than enough to overturn the election and keep Trump in the White House. It only takes two or three. 
So, uh, well, there you have it. So they are on the safe side. This talks about uh, the Allegheny uh, County Republicans in insisted on that change in language. So what we understood, what we understood, at least what I understood about that entire, uh, that entire uh, time was that these were alternate slates of electors. Even Mark Fincham of, of Arizona, who was there to hand deliver that alternate slate of election electors, referred to them as alternate slates of electors. So, um, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is uh, what's going on right now. That's another attack that we are seeing on uh, those who want to hold the integrity of our elections dear and true, guys. Uh, but, but the battle against elections, election integrity, the ability to vote in this country is still under attack because essentially, even though the J6 Unselect Committee is, you know, gathered to uh, demonize President Trump, to, um, to uh, prevent him from taking office, and uh, to prove that he was some part part of some big some big conspiracy and insurrection, and we've already covered the stories here about the real insurrections that were going on. Okay, that day and that week, that whole time period. Essentially, what this is is this is an attack on the integrity of our elections, okay? We know that fraud was committed. We've covered all the stories here at the Sea Report from Arizona to Georgia to New Hampshire to Michigan to Wisconsin to Pennsylvania to California to Texas. Okay, we've covered them here at the Sea Report, okay? We didn't cover Nevada, but we mentioned it, all right? Um... We've seen all of the documentation. We've seen the affidavits, okay? We know that is true. So for the unselect committee to do all of this, they are just, they, it, is, it is an attack on election. It is attack on our elections. It is attack on our freedom as our freedom is representative of that vote that we cast. Not just our voice, not just our choice, but our literal freedom, Okay? So the Communist Democrat Party, they are just, that, is, that seems to be their number one goal right now, you know, aside from any of these other side issues that they have. That's why they snuck the election laws into this NASA bill, HR 5746, did not tell anyone that this had nothing to do with NASA until the last moments. That's all part of the same scheme. If this was so good, if the American people so really wanted this, then why don't they just call it for what it is? But they're not. Because they are concerned with taking our freedom, and they understand that the main vehicle for that is our vote, okay? It is our vote. That is exactly what that represents. So they have a battle, ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats, the communists, the progressives, the left-leaning liberals, they have a battle, okay? They have a battle um, because a lot of election laws were passed this year, this past year, that fortified the integrity of our elections. 
Now, Lehigh University actually compiled a list of the states and the new election integrity laws that are angering the Democrats, the progressives, the communist sympathizers, the enemies of freedom. For example, in Georgia, as we mentioned, after the 2020 election, uh, we had uh, Georgia becoming ground zero for these restrictive voting laws. In March, Ryan O'Brien Kemp signed the bill 202 and approved a spate of changes to voting rules, including shortened period for requesting an absentee ballot, a ban on government uh, entities from distributing unsolicited absentee ballot applications, and limitations on counties' use of ballot drop boxes, among many other measures, okay? Including also ID, uh, voter identification. So, and again, these are, these are supposedly to suppress voters. Arizona, what did they have going on over there? Um, let's see, by the end of the year, they had passed three, they call them, they, they, the, the Democrats call them restrictive voting bills. One bill made Arizona's early voter list less permanent by requiring counties to stop sending early ballots to people who have not used early voting in either of the last two statewide or federal elections. So what? Cleaner voter rolls? Less of a chance of, uh, you know, some kind of mistake, error, or fraud, if you ask me. Another bill Arizona passed uh, requires the state to throw out mail-in ballots that are not cured for missing signatures by 7 p.m. So uh, if they don't get adjudicated, if they're not cured, well, I'm sorry, but we can't hold those ballots as being illegal. And another bill included several election integrity policies, including stripping election officials of their authority, is what that says. Now, in Michigan, uh, we had um, three uh, voting laws um, out of a proposed 39-bill package. But, of course, wretched Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan vetoed all of them. The bills would have required the state to clean up its own voter rolls more frequently. Now get this, Democrats think that by cleaning your voter rolls more frequently, that uh, that could end up purging eligible voters. They're more afraid about that than dead people voting, the people that moved who voted. Uh, It also would have banned the use of sworn affidavits for voters who showed up to vote without an adequate ID. So they wanted to have these affidavits there for upon penalty of perjury, you are who you say you are. And also, they had a bill that would have prohibited internet access to voting machines. Why? Because Matthew DiPerno, the constitutional lawyer who is running for state AG in Michigan, found in his investigation that, in fact, the machines had capability of internet connection. When Dominion and everyone else said it could not be done, it was discovered to be the truth. Pennsylvania. Now, the governor, Tom Wolf over there, vetoed a restrictive voting law that Republicans in the state legislature passed in 2021. The bill would have mandated voter identification in all elections and limited the time period when ballot drop boxes are available, among other measures. 
It also included some provisions that aimed at expanding voting, like creating early voting and allowing voters to fix mail, uh, mail ballots with missing signatures. But Governor Tom Wolf would not hear it, guys. Now, Texas did pass uh, in Senate Bill 1 the most comprehensive voting laws in the country for election integrity. Um, whether they were um, voting methods disproportionately uh, used by Democrat voters of color, like uh, the, we, we banned overnight early voting. Come on. Everyone knows about what's going on in Georgia with the ballot trafficking. There's a whistleblower. It's on video. Overnight early voting. Drop boxes where you can just show up any time of the day, any time of the night. Well, it's gone in Texas, even though they're still trying to use it in Dallas and in Houston. Anyhow, guys, so these are some of the measures that the Democrats are still having to deal with. And uh, they were hoping if they could get H.R. uh, 5746 passed, that uh, this would take care of that. Because then it would go back to, well, it would go to the federal government to control it, right? So they could do what they wanted while they could. Uh, Mr. Pete, thank you again for the cookie donation. Thank you for the 556 gold pills, uh, WC Cranop, and uh, happy hopping to you, my friend. Good evening, Mermaid Miss K. Good to see you in the house. Thank you for the can. One, two, three, SKG, and thank you so much for that uh, that uh, nice, refreshing can there as well. Much appreciated. All right, last last thing to wrap up for tonight in regards for this election integrity and the fight that the Democrats are consistently putting up against uh, the uh, safety, security, and accuracy of our elections, we have uh, a new one for them to worry about. If all of these uh, election measures that were passed in 2020, 2021 weren't enough, and they're not enough, ladies and gentlemen, um, uh, they have a new one to worry about, guys. That, my friends, would have to do with the uh, state of Virginia. Now, we all know what's going on in Virginia. Virginia's, uh, Virginia seems to be having its uh, golden age right now um, at the hands of newly elected Governor Yunkin. Now, we know Governor Yunkin passed, what, like 11 executive orders right off the bat on day one. Uh, a lot of them having to do with uh, the school's involvement with our children, with banning critical race theory, uh, with uh, some of these mandates that uh, we're seeing with the... Um, with the, uh, what do you call it? With the uh, the masks and the vaccines and stuff. Good stuff, guys. But the state legislature of Virginia actually passed um, a battery of election integrity laws. Uh, and now that they are seeing red in Virginia, I'm sure that uh, we stand a chance of uh, making sure these become, um, you know, um, sanctioned and, uh, and uh, set in stone for that state, at least for the time being. Now, uh, it probably would not surprise you that everyone's favorite progressive anti-American communist sympathizing lawyer, Mark Elias, is getting himself involved in the state of Virginia. There is the man himself, Mark Elias, the uh, Hillary Clinton attorney, uh, the one who, uh, you know, uh, uh, jumped into action in Arizona to try and prevent the audit from occurring. Uh, The one who uh, basically has made all of the suggestions 
that have led the Democrats to the point that they are and anything against election integrity. This is the face behind all of the rhetoric, all of the laws, all of the schemes. It's this man right here who separated from Perkins Coy because they are now under investigation by one John Durham. So Mark Elias is interjecting himself into Virginia. He's threatening to sue Virginia. Let's see, we have this from Headline News. Mark Elias threatens to sue Virginia Republicans over a raft of election integrity reforms. So this is uh, Mark Elias here. Virginia Republicans have introduced legislation to rein in unsafe election procedures like no excuse absentee voting and ballot drop boxes. And Democrat election a lawyer, a, Mark Elias, has already threatened to sue if the reforms become law, 13 News reported. During the 2021 election, Republicans won a 52-seat majority in the 100-member Virginia House of Delegates and have submitted 20 bills to improve election integrity. Well, they failed in Georgia. They failed in Texas. Let's see if Mark Elias has any pull against Virginia. Now, it says here, uh, Democrats, however, still hold 21 seats in the 40-member Senate and can block all Republican-backed legislation. Republican Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears has the power to break ties in the Senate, but Republicans would first need to convince a Democrat to vote in favor of their election legislation. Let's see here. It says, I don't think Democrats are going to be willing to let any of this get rolled back, even though Republicans will want to have the debate or try to do it, political analyst uh, Quentin Kidd said. Uh, so here's the list of uh, the election uh, integrity legislation that has been passed, or um, sorry, that has been uh, um, uh, brought forward in the state of Virginia. Let's check this out, guys. What do they got going on? It says uh, HB 34 eliminates drop-off locations for absentee ballots. HB 35 reinstates excuse requirement for absentee or voting by mail. HB 36 repeals automatic absentee voter list and regular uh, sending of ballots to voters. HB 39 limits absentee voting to two weeks prior to the election. HB 54 absentee ballots must be sorted and reported by precinct, not by CAP. HB 149 adds to witness requirements for absentee ballots, including address, social security number, date of birth. HB 175 removes permanent absentee voting lists, making an annual absentee voter list. HB 177 removes witness requirement, but replaces that with date of birth and social security number requirement. HB 198 requires registrar to send notice at end of calendar year to absentee voter list members. HB 310 social security number requirement repeals automatic absentee list makes any ballot without a witness signature automatically void ends prepaid postage on absentee ballots. HB 441 requires registrars to report the number and results of absentee ballots by precinct. HB 528 additional requirements for unsolicited absentee ballot applications. HB 779 photo ID required absentee voting only one week prior to election day. No absentee list, no absentee ballots counted after polls close. HB 945 limits absentee voting to 10 days preceding an election. HB 956 requires absentee ballot to be received before the end of election day to be counted. HB 1141 eliminates drop-off locations for absentee ballot. 
HB 76 reimburses cities and counties for costs of absentee ballot processing. HB 439, explanation of constitutional amendments included with absentee ballots. And SB 273 makes witness signature requirement optional with SSN or driver's license. Now, I don't know about you guys, but all of that seems pretty common sense to me. And I apologize I did not have the screen <laughs> enlarged. Oh, you guys have been watching me read. How embarrassing. Uh, but all of that seems pretty common sense to me, guys. All of that seems pretty common sense. But of course, those against the cause would say this is voter suppression. I mean, if you really care to vote, you would get your absentee ballot on time, right? If you really, really were concerned about it, you know, you and I'm talking about, you know, when they're talking about uh, um, not allowing the votes to go past when the polls close, like the, the ballots coming in the mail. I mean, I'm sure that they can arrange some kind of uh, time schedule configuration to where you can get your vote in and it won't uh, hit the polls seven days after they've closed. This is not uh, voter elect. It's not election season, right? It's not election week. It's election day. And that's the way it needs to be. I mean, we all have our circumstances, right? But I'm just saying as part of that. So uh, Mark Elias, the uh, former Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, Democrat lawyer, uh, the progressive who stands against anything American, his specialty being in elections, of course, uh, he is, he's threatening to go after Virginia. Let's finish up this article, guys, and we're out of here. Elias threatened to crush these measures through lawsuits as part of the Democrats' sue till blue method, which it used to alter election laws and win the 2020 presidential election. In fact, as we read yesterday in the Rantham report out of Wisconsin, Mark Elias was uh, primarily the one behind the absentee ballots in, I mean, the drop boxes in Wisconsin. And he even used the name of House Speaker Rhino Robin Voss to prove it. So he's the go-to guy when we're talking about uh, getting these elections to go the way of the Democrats. So uh, let's see here. Virginia's no-excuse absentee voting law combined with COVID-19 fear-mongering caused the number of absentee voters to spike from 192,397 people in 2017 to 2,687,304 people in 2020. That is an example, guys, of what we're seeing there and why we need to have laws such as these passed. Now, in Texas, that's fine. It went through. Could we do more? Oh, absolutely. We definitely could, ladies and gentlemen. All right, y'all. It has been an absolute pleasure being here with you guys tonight. Um, and uh, I thank you all for your presence and your uh, participation in the chats and uh, any donations that came this way to support the work that we do here. Uh, we are here Monday through Friday, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, well, yeah, this is, uh, this is what we do here at The Sea Report. All right, guys, so we're going to wrap it up again tonight. Let me go ahead and release the scratching if you're over there at the foxhole and or at pill.net. Thank you once again. And uh, let's see here. What do we got? Uh, 
proceeding cases, uh, prosecuting cases, Soros-backed attorneys not bringing DAs. There's a remedy for that, 123SKG. In fact, uh, they're actually utilizing that in uh, Pennsylvania now um, against a corrupt DA. So you can impeach a DA and you can impeach a judge, or the governor can, or in Texas, the governor can. Uh, up there, we have some senators who are doing that uh, for Pennsylvania. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I wanted to cover that uh, article about uh, the new Virginia AG. Is it, uh, is it Montemayor or Mayoris, maybe? I can't remember his name. But uh, very exciting, guys. Very exciting. Okay, uh, we're going to let you guys go. We've been here long enough. We went to major overtime today. Thank you all for being with us. We'll be back again tomorrow uh, to cover more news and headlines of the America First type. And uh, I thank you all again. We will see you next time. You guys have a great night. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, be safe, be blessed. And God bless America. We will see you tomorrow.